Hello, and welcome to episode 213 of Flicks in a Six. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Costanzo, with me, forever and always, the man, the myth, the ass of holding, Alessandro Bielsi. Say hello, Al. Jonathan! <laughs> On this, maybe one of the best characters. On this week's episode, <laughs> we've got the Xbox Game Showcase, plus all other... That's the one that we're probably most interested in, because I know Al has an Xbox, I have an Xbox, but uh, I'm interested Same. in all of the games that were announced, since I have all the things for no reason. Um... The Sympathy for the Devil trailer we saw recently. And uh, we're going to finally talk about the Ted Lasso finale along with much, much more consumption. All before diving into our flick of the week, Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. But first, Al, what are we drinking? We are drinking Hudson Hops. It's a beer from Newburgh Brewing Company. I was certain you were saving this one for Hudson Hawk. Uh, Well, I wanted to drink one fresh for one so you didn't yell at me. Sure, that's fair. Also, the I Hudson do, Hawk. I do yell at you. The Hudson Hawk episode is like three years in the planning. So that's right. It's right we, up there with the Cloud Atlas. <laughs> we've made no attempt to actually execute this plan. <laughs> we have not. Uh, unlike the Cloud Atlas thing, which in which we made many plans, many and then attempts, attempted to execute it, and then executed it, and then executed it again. <laughs> yeah. Full um, on trolling. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> uh, anyway. Celebrating the one-year anniversary of our favorite feline friend finding his forever home. Um, Hudson Hops is the name of the new brewery. Cat Hoodie died a few years ago, unfortunately. She she lived a great life. Uh, She was the original Newburgh Brewing cat. Um, She had a spectacular kill list running in uh, their owner's office. Um, He had a a huge dry erase board in his office, and uh, there were many X's drawn on that. (laughs) Oh my god, that's amazing. Of all of the mice that uh, Hoodie killed on her watch. Um, but uh, they adopted Hudson uh, a little over a year ago. And uh, this particular run, it's a, a New England-style IPA. I think this is the first one of those that they did. Um, 10% of the sales from this beer were donated to Hudson Scats, which is the the place that they adopted uh, Hudson Hops from. So uh, I thought that was kind of cool. That's cool. Uh, 16 ounces, full full-blown pipe. Like we love. Love it. And um, it's 6% alcohol by volume and uh, got fantastic can art. It kind of skews yeah. the normal can art that they usually do for their signature beers. Uh, it's got a great shot of Hudson front and center with a little uh, collar that has a hop uh, as like the tag on it. That's cute. And he's sitting on a little keg and um, <laughs> there's a bridge behind it, which makes sense because there's a bridge that you can see, but this is a suspension bridge that looks an awful lot like one of the ones down in New York City and not like the one that is in the background <laughs> of the actual. But uh, This it's, probably it's just bridge. makes for a nice can art. It does. Um, plus uh, some a radiant blue sunny day behind in the background. So um, That's adorable. Yeah. Uh, you see, they have this logo. Oh my god. And it's the, <laughs> the shape <laughs> of a heart. And it says brewed with heart. I don't get to explain it. But the left side of it is a mug of beer. Okay. And the right uh, side is a handle. But okay. when you actually look at the whole picture, it's a heart. Oh, brewed with heart. Yeah. That's so cool. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shall we give this one a taste? It is. It's fragrant. Yes, it is. Probably mostly because they're drinking it fresh. Cheers. Pungent, fuck you. Pungent. Hmm. <laughs> Unexpected. How so? I'm gonna give this one another second. Hang on, I feel like there might be something off of my palate at the moment. I did. I did just come from the China buffet. Mm. Um, 
at one point during this evening, Elio had barbecue sauce and or strawberry sauce on his face, on his forehead. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah. I am. All right. Let's go. Let's go again. Round two. I would love to know what his saucy forehead has to do with your palate, though. Mm. Just the amount of food that was being consumed. Ah, okay. The, when I smell it, when I, when I waft it, mm-hmm. it feels like it's going to be like extremely fruity. But it's actually toned down. Not, not in a bad way. Not like nicely. It's actually it's way more balanced than I anticipated from the scent. Yeah, the uh, actual palate, like the actual taste of this beer is much more crisp than mm-hmm. most uh, New England IPAs. But it has all of the aroma that you desire in such. Um, and despite it being 6%, it doesn't taste in any way boozy. No, so, uh, that's nice. no, it's, it's nice. that's kind of at the fringe where you might start to taste it sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like it, it has that smell too. The, it mm. even it has the boozy smell, but it doesn't, it doesn't have that. Play. It's yeah, crisp is crisp is right. It, a little bit of, like a certain dryness to it. Yeah, also. which is it's, not super common for a New England IPA. Usually they're a bit juicier and fruity, like you say, and you do detect that soft, delicate hint of fruit flavors. Um, yeah, I would say I want to say guava. <laughs> <laughs> I both seriously you, you you want to say it or you feel obligated to say it. Well, I both mean that yes. seriously and also want to have that deep cut for uh, yeah. So <laughs> listen to all or most of our guava. Um, the I, I I don't I'm still I'm still you know I'm still trying to figure beer out right I'm still trying to trying to taste something and then tell you what it is. To me, this tastes a little bit like this tastes more like what I find to be the difference between like just a standard pale ale and then IPA. It actually tastes more like what I expect a pale ale to taste like. I think that's more of the the fact that like we're we're noting that it's the guava. No, <laughs> the the more crisp as opposed. Guano. <laughs> Hello, guava. <laughs> um. I think that that more crisp aspect of it, as opposed to most New England IPAs, which is like most of the big IPAs out there currently, mm. um, at least like of like the ones that have like really risen in the last few years. Um, so that part of it, yeah, sometimes a very basic West Coast IPA can kind of be hard to differentiate from mm. a regular old pale ale. There's a lot of overlap there. Sure, um, and this one does have kind of lying underneath it like a resiny base mm-hmm. which can go with either of those things for sure um but uh that aroma is unmistakably new england ipa so yeah. um it's uh it's and kind the, of a complex and the body. beer yeah right like yeah it's like got the, the haziness it's a, it's yeah. a little bit more velvety like fuller texture nice, nice creamy mouthfeel with yeah. a, a little bit of heft to it but not overwhelming um it's, it's just so a, much about that statement was just a little bit too much. <laughs> I, I've realized that when you really get into the weeds of talking about the complexities of, of of flavor and aroma of talking about alcohol and actually food too, it can sound incredibly sexual. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, it, it's a surprisingly complex beer. I, I don't know that all of theirs always necessarily go that way i think that's by design i think they want to have a lot of accessible options while sure. also being able to reserve the right to yeah. do something like this as well like also I, we could do this yeah i like that they give you a wide variety of options and like that you know they they try to be on the cutting edge of experimental at times not 
with like the crazy obnoxious shit, but just, Hey, we're going to do something. It might be great. It might be terrible, but like, we just want to try something here. And yeah, if it's great, it'll be back sometime down the line. And if not, well, that's okay. We had an experience along the way. Cause they had their newest beer just came out last week. I, I, I went uh, over there for a little trivia night. I hadn't been in a while. And, um, did you win? Um, no, we did. We did perform strongly, but we did not win. Um, but uh, they had their newest beer as, as part of the sour series, you know, that like rotating sour series they do. Mm-hmm. And it was Pina Colada Berg. Ooh. Yeah. Um, it, it, it definitely had a hint of it. I wouldn't say it was really like, oh, yeah, this tastes like drinking a Pina Colada, but it was certainly inspired by that for sure. Uh, not nice. maybe as sour as I would have thought it would have been, but it was it was a good solid beer. Speaking of pina colada, I had a I had a Miami, Miami Vice while I was on my vacation at like I don't know eleven a.m. Oh, what's a Miami on, Vice on the? It's a it was pina colada and strawberry daiquiri mixed together. Okay, was it served to you in a pastel suit? It was. <laughs> I wish it were. I wish it were. Were there neon lights? <laughs> uh, delicious, delicious. Too early for that, but it was great. Um. Going back to this beer for a second, though, the one of what I love about them, like like similar to what you're saying, like they have like their very accessible beers. They have these interesting ones, but I love that there's there's so so clearly Newberg in all of them, though. Like there's like you know like that thing that we've talked about, like where you specific breweries have a specific underlying taste that exists across their beers, regardless of what style it is. Yeah. And Newberg's I, is one that I, I just I really like theirs, and I like that like it's there at the bottom, and then like it's doing this little dance with all of these other flavors that it has embedded in it. It's well, nice. there's there's two major things I think that go into that. <clears throat> one, they source their um, their all their malt from the same places for the most part. Sure, I, they've had specific one-off beers that they've made where they have sourced a specific product from somewhere, but they try and buy a lot of it local. We have the black dirt region, which is right near here. It's like 45 minutes from here. Um, that's like one of the most fertile growing areas, one of the most distinct growing areas in the country. It's not a huge area. It's, it's actually fairly small, uh, which is why it's not like national nationally known, but it's mm. <clears throat> it for people who do know about that stuff. Like it is, it has notoriety. Um, and so they source a lot of their barley from there, I believe. But like a few years ago, they did the amazing where they sourced corn from, I don't remember if it was from there or if it was somewhere else in the area, but it's like they had a particular ingredient they sought out that they don't always use. And like, that's where you start to get differentiation points. But if you keep getting the same malt from the same area consistently, that's part of how you build that portfolio of what you're saying is like a certain house style. The other thing is, They've been open for long enough now where they cultivate their own house strains of yeast, right? Like they have more than one, but like all of their IPAs, I think are pretty much all spun off from that same batch of IPA yeast that they typically use, which is why this has certain similar notes to one of the boss series, because even though this is a New England IPA and it's probably using a slightly different thing, it's probably been spun off from that strain. Or if you have Giga versus Nano boss, it's probably just i don't know this for a fact but i'm assuming that they pitched the same yeast that they use in nanoboss multiple times to get the, the gigaboss sure or the terraboss because why not like it's just a stronger alcohol alcohol content but the actual taste is very similar yeah 
Yeah, for so sure. So when you do those things and you have that sort of um that, that sort of base that you've built for yourself as you continue to expand and expand, not just up but out, right? You have a wider variety of things and each thing spawns its own branch eventually. They come back to the same ideas that they've done in years past and they find new ways to execute them, which I yeah. think is, is a pretty cool way to, to iterate on yourself. Yeah, it's nice. There, there's one other flavor in there that I'm t- picking up on that like is the one that I usually don't care for, but I feel like it works well with this and the rest that it has going on. Is that like that like Belgian-y sweetness? Um, I don't know where that's coming from, but I note that too. Uh, but in here, I like it. Oh, say so because this is so crisp, I actually really didn't like particularly note any sweetness in here. Mm. I, I mean, feel I, it at the end. Okay. Um, I'm noticing it now more that I've let it sit for a bit, and I haven't mm. I haven't had a sip in a minute, and it's just like there, and I'm tasting it. Yeah, it's good. It's really it was really good. I'm gonna go Trey Stuckles. Okay, I, I'm right there with you. I think yeah. that's the right call for this one. I'm curious to see. I'll try and remember this. Like I won't make any promises, but I'll try and remember this conversation for when we do <clears throat> the cold and golden. That's mm. uh, one of the one that was the one we were supposed to do with Nelson last episode sure. that, uh, that you didn't have on hand cold, but that's a, a golden ale, which is a Belgian inspired right. beer. Um, it's an American take on it for sure. But um, I liked it. I really like golden ales. This again, that one is much on the drier side because with goldens, I usually think that there's, um, typically there's uh, an expected amount of residual sweetness for that cell. Yeah. Cool. Well, let's move into some uh, let's get some news and nuggets. No, not a ton. Not a ton to go here. Probably more in the consumption side. But uh, the bunch of game showcases happened since we last spoke. Uh, we had the Xbox game showcase on Sunday. There was yeah. the Sony one happened. I think that day after we recorded last i'm guessing so because that and, that and now is that the avatar game we're talking about is that was that a P- playstation exclusive or because it was no ubisoft. i don't think so that was ubisoft that happened actually the day after the the xbox yeah. showcase so well i wasn't uh, sure because i know like there are obviously ubisoft games that are on xbox but they've yeah. always had a more close relationship with playstation right i don't think so i think ubisoft is one of those ones that is um primarily like multi-platform like they're not i don't know that they do anything oh i don't know why i thought i thought in the past years ago um splinter cell i remember the original splinter cell was an xbox exclusive or am i thinking of square enix square was definitely more tightly coupled. that's what i was thinking that's what i was thinking of sorry yeah um so what i did here is i pulled up on IGN, the Summer of Gaming 2023 game list, so that we can, I can browse through it and shout some out that I find interesting. There's like 500 games on here, so I'm obviously not. There's 498. I apologize. So I'm not. I'm not going through all of them, but there are some uh, that caught my eye. First up, Metal Gear Solid Delta, I guess Snake okay. Eater. Um, I believe this is a remake of the third game. Okay. I've never played it. I enjoy Metal Gear Solid games. I played, I played a very little bit of two. That was on the tanker? Yes. Yeah, that was, a, it was an interesting game. I liked that one. That was probably the only one. I think that's the only one. No, I beat the first one, too. I beat the first two. I just remember watching someone play it and seeing them whip out a cardboard box to hide in. Yep. I was like, sold. Yeah. It's, such a, it's so silly. Yeah. 
but I, I've always enjoyed those games. I played a lot of five as well, and that I think actually you'd probably really enjoy that game. That was the one with the whales? <laughs> that was there was a fire whale. Uh, it's in the intro. <laughs> I it's it's a it, I hate saying this, but you have to play the game for like a good hour so that you could start playing the game. Literally the only reason I remember that is because you on this show Yeah. like explicated exactly in fine detail every single thing that happened in the prologue. <laughs> it was a wild. I concluded that with whales and <laughs> yeah. I, like that is the only reason I know that. But uh it's a great that was a great game actually that's one that I've been really wanting to get back to and um and play a lot more of I just I've just never did and I I don't know th- those games are so weird. But for some reason, they're like, I don't know what it is about them that draws me The funny me thing in. is, they weren't that weird early on. <laughs> they, even early on, they were. Not compared to where they went. Well, that particular one, I, I think there's some, uh, some mental things being explored in those scenes. Okay. My point is, like, sure, there was a Psycho Mantis early on. But, like, other than that, mm. most of it was fairly conventional. No... No, I would, I would, uh, I think you should go play one. Today. I mean, I've, I have seen a lot of clips of it. I've watched <laughs> other people play it. I've played a little bit of it myself. I, I'm admitting that that's really just dipping my toe in the water, but like. Well, uh, on top of Metal Gear Solid Delta Snake Eater coming out remake. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's literally, it says Metal Gear Solid and then it's a triangle and then a colon and then it's a snake eater. Okay. So, Delta? Feel right? Sure. Anyway, um, aside from that, they're also doing the Metal Gear Solid 1 Master... Metal Gear Solid Master Collection Volume 1. Sorry, I got that got that a little bit backwards. Can I have more than one? I don't understand how you have a Volume 1 for a Master Collection. But that's what, that's what my, I'm confused about as well. What I don't understand about this is it includes Metal Gear Solid... Metal Gear Solid 2, <laughs> Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater. <laughs> but why are you doing that if you're doing the remake? <laughs> what, are you do? what are you question. doing? <laughs> so if we're going to go into the full-blown mind games of the Metal Gear series, I would have appreciated the Master Collection Volume 1 only having the odd number entries for some yeah. reason. <laughs> and Volume 2 only has the even number entries. Yes, I'm in. <laughs> I'm into it. I'm down with that. Um so those those two things are exciting for, to me. I'd like to maybe get, get back into those. I just when I look at a game collection, I'm like, oh, cool, that's that's exciting. I haven't played one of those in a long time. I haven't played one of those ever. Like I'd like to get through that. And then I get a game collection and I start to play it. I'm like, I'm overwhelmed. I'm never getting through all of this. <laughs> that's exactly how I feel with the Mass Effect Legacy Collection. <laughs> I'm still waiting on you to to call me and tell me when you. <laughs> I will. Start. Well, you know, Jedi took over, so that's like the my primary focus. And then I know that's... you never even finished Hogwarts Legacy. I know I'll probably go back to Hogwarts after. Yeah, it makes sense. And then maybe I'll bounce over to that. Actually, by that time, I'm sure Spider Man Two will already be out, um, which I'll have <laughs> to play. Uh, which that's on my list here too, and it looks incredible. The Spider Man games are fucking incredible. <laughs> I, I saw part of that trailer, and it did look pretty. Ridiculous. Oh my goodness! I cannot wait to play it. Uh, I got a PS4. Well, got a PS4. When it came out, and then I sold it after a while, then you I downsized. One, right? What? Then you bought another one. Didn't I you? did, and then I got a pro like later on yeah. in its life cycle, which was like a year after the Spider-Man game came out. Okay. And I got that game with it, and I was like, "This is incredible!" Like 
what a blast I had like between that and God of War. Like I was just playing all these incredible games. I think I came over like shortly after you had finished that game. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching you just like mess around like in it and it did look pretty crazy. Just such a such a cool game. So really really looking forward to that. Really looking forward to like the Venom introduction in that universe and seeing how that's going to play out. Um, I've never played a Prince of Persia game, but I've always found them interesting. The artwork for this Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown, looks amazing. Um, it's still going? I guess so. So I'm interested to check that out. This one I found interesting. Mortal Kombat 1. Really? Yeah. Maybe some sort of franchise reboot, potentially? Not really sure. Don't know what's going on in that world. I do remember the last one that I played. Very good. It had didn't like a the, decent story. Didn't the last one have like the Terminator and stuff in it. I have no idea. They definitely do stuff like that. Like they have like DLC or. Yeah, that was yeah. what it was. Uh, let's see. What else have we got here? Alan Wake getting a lot of people's I couldn't attention. Believe after all these years, they were doing an Alan Wake. <laughs> have you, did you play the original? No, but I read through like a good amount of it. So like, I know th- okay. or at least at, at the, t- at the time I knew the gist of what it was about. I certainly have not re- retained all that information, but it was a bit of a phenomenon amongst those who played it at the time. Yeah, It was one I was kind of sort of envious because I don't remember. Was that a PlayStation exclusive when it first came out? I don't know. Because I think I couldn't play that one. Mm. There's two two games I remember coming out at a similar time that it seemed like to me felt similar. I, I'm not saying that the games were mm. similar, but just like th- like kind of resonated the vibe, with me. Same the same vibe. Way. Yeah, yeah. And it was that one and it was Heavy Rain. Like I okay. came out at like similar times. It got a lot of critical. Acclaim. I feel like Heavy Rain was a PlayStation exclusive. That one definitely not. was. I couldn't okay. remember if Alan Wake was or not. Hmm. Um, yeah, I never got into it. Uh, I downloaded. I got access to the first one recently. I played it for a little bit, not long enough to actually judge it. And I was like, okay, I, but I just like wasn't in the headspace to play it. I just the, put it down. That first uh, one was like fifteen years ago. Yeah, it's it's old. It's old. Um. Pal World. I don't know what that is. Pokemon with guns. Oh, I saw like a screenshot from that the other day. I didn't know what that was. Yeah, I, I don't either. Looks bizarre. Uh, this one might pique your interest. The Lord of the Rings Return to Moria. I remember the very first. They did like a thing at the Game Awards a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that sounds cool. And then I watched it and I was like, oh, I don't know if that's necessary for me. It kind of sort of looked like, like a crafting. Mi- I was going to say it looked like Minecraft, thing, right? but dwarves. Yeah. I'm not about the crafting in games. Yeah, I, it's just not for me. I don't, I don't, there's this, I hate, I don't like tedious in a video game. Or yeah. like, I'm not, there, like, I don't want to just veg out and like make a farm or like build something. I like, I want to, I'm really into like yeah. action games, like yeah. playing through a story, like, because obviously I love movies. Playing through a story like those are my those are my top games. I don't mind there being elements of crafting. It's just been so few games I feel like have done it in a way that made me really want to engage with it. Mm-hmm. It's not that it's never happened, but it's just it's not been my experience that it's necessarily a game mechanic for me. I'm kind of agnostic. Like I'm open to it working, but it's not something I expect to enjoy. Well, I was I was playing Jedi Survivor, and I was like, I don't want a fucking garden. And then I spent like an hour planting plants, <laughs> and I was like, well, "I was like, what am I, what am I doing on this rooftop right now?" Oh, so for me, I find that the best way to deal with the garden out of that is you go out into a Kobo, you lose yourself for three hours, 
you go back to Rambler's Reach, you go to Pylunes, you talk to everyone. Yeah. It's like, oh, I found like four seeds. Let me go plant those. You spend five minutes planting them. You spend three minutes talking to Pilly, and then you move on with your life. Yeah, I guess the problem was the first time I got up there, I had hundreds of seeds. Well, you, you know, you literally don't have to plant every one, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you plant one of every type of plant, and then each time you do that, you talk to her, and she has something to say about that type of plant. I feel like next time... <laughs> I feel like next time we talk, this is going to turn into, I now have like a flourishing garden that spans the entire planet. <laughs> now that would be kind of cool. So the thing for me was I assumed that there was going to be some like in-game benefit to it. And don't get me wrong, like she's yeah. got some interesting stuff to say, but like other than that, there isn't. Like I thought maybe you'd get perks or... It's probably just going to be something that you need to do for a challenge if you were trying to 100% the game. Though there's that, but I think actually if you plant one of every type of seed, if you look on like the other side of the roof, there's a console that's covered in vines. I think if you do uh, one of everything, uh, that unlocks and it like gives you some sort of thing on your map or something. No, oh, okay, cool. After you unlock it, <laughs> you plant all the seeds, it unlocks, it then tells you where to find all the seeds. Uh, I hope not. <laughs> so a, a classic Mario 64, let's give you 100 lives after you've completed the game. <laughs> ah. uh, Marvel Snap. I never played that mobile game, but I've heard good things. I guess there's an update to that. That's one of those It's those, one of those card games. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Baldur's Gate 3. I couldn't believe they're doing that. that yeah. This, Baldur's Gate 2 came out a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. So that, that caught my attention. Was I'd like Baldur's- to check it out. What? Who made Boulder's Gate? It's not Bioware, right? Uh, it says Larian Studios. I don't know. That's the third one. I don't know who made the second one. I remember that being a big that game being a big deal when it came out, but that's a long Let me time. See. Baldur's Gate Two. Overhaul Games. Overhaul Games. That's the developers. Maybe I was thinking of Jade Empire. That might have been the one I was thinking of. What else we got here? Uh, <laughs> a lot of a lot of games, a lot of games that I have no idea what they are. I mean, I, th- I think it's cool. I think it's cool that all these things are coming out. Yeah, I want to dig into made. the list of things from like the, the Xbox showcase. I, I didn't get to spend as much time as I would have liked. There's only so many hours in the day, unfortunately. Yeah. I, I accomplished a lot of the extracurriculars I wanted to in the last three days, but that was the one thing that fell through the cracks. Fair. I'm trying to. I, I don't quite. I don't quite understand if there's any sort of rhyme or reason to this list. Like maybe higher profile things are at the top because I've been scrolling for quite a bit now and I have no idea what any of this is. (laughs) It's not. Uh, It's it's definitely not. Uh, I'm way down the page and I just saw a deck of souls, which I would I would hope is a card game. (laughs) Um, Oh, hell sent. Senua's Saga Hellblade 2, that caught my eye. Um, I played the first one, not all the way through, but it is a very weird, like, it's a strange game. Um, You have, like, voices in your head. Really great to play with headphones. Hmm. Your character definitely has, like, some, uh, I don't know if it's, like, multiple personality or, like, schizophrenia or type of thing, but, like, there's, like, the the cowardice version uh, like of her mind and like the kind of aggressive, like more like let's go do the thing. And like, they're, they're kind of battling it out and she's like 
the dialogue is happening in her head as you're going through the level. It's very, it's a very bizarre experience, hmm. uh, but it's pretty cool. Uh, so I'm looking and it looks incredible. Like it's definitely like an engine showcase game. And okay. it's, uh, I'm really curious to check it out uh, when it comes about. Um, I probably should go back and finish the first one. <laughs> um, but you know how I do. I play a game for a little while. I like it. I move on. I'm still waiting for you to go back and finish Guardians. <laughs> oh, yeah. Forgot all about that. Add that to the list. Uh, Fable uh, is making its return. Um, is this a reboot or a sequel? It's a reboot. Because there's uh, a few of those, isn't there? Yeah, there were three, I believe. And I never got into any of them. Um, I tried I, I tried more recently, but I think they had the time had passed. So I'm curious to see this when it comes out. It looks very comical, so um, that could be fun. Uh, now probably one that you're going to really want to talk about. Star Wars Outlaws. I know that you probably watched... I think you said you watched the trailer for it. I watched like, the, the introduction trailer... Um, I you said that there was some more gameplay video out there. I didn't get a chance to see that. I watched well, some of that. There was a little bit in the debut trailer of gameplay, which is was cool to see. But uh, obviously, most of it was more of a story trailer. But still, it was cool to get that introduction. Mm-hmm. Um, I was excited. That was not one one that was on my radar. I don't know if that's one that's been announced before or not. But um, I think we knew. There was like untitled Star Wars game or something like that. An open world game. Yeah. Yeah, But we didn't know like what it was going to entail. Yeah. I mean, whenever I really want to like open world games in general, but the thing is some do it well and some don't. Yep. And then there's ones that are like survivor, which are like semi open world, open ish world. And like that's probably my cup of tea in general, I guess. I I would I I think I'm with you on that. It's I like, not, I, I like limited exploration. I don't want unlimited exploration necessarily. I'm crippled by the yeah, by the do whatever because I feel like I need to like poke around every corner and then I'm not having fun anymore. Whereas like, I like Jedi a, Survivor yeah. like I like I'm a lot of freedom, but I yeah. need a handful of guardrails. Yeah, exactly. Like I like being able to pull up open my map and be like, "Oh, I just I just can't go over there yet." Cool. That's all I needed to know. Or like, I don't know, I unlocked something that tells me where chests are. And I was like, that was cool. Now when I go back to an area and be like, oh, is there anything for me to do here? Like, I don't want to just spend my time rummaging around if there's not going to be anything for me. It's not even that. For me, it's just... and it's. I mean, I have enough time to play games if I want to. Mm-hmm. I don't mind some like open free play. Like, when I got to almost the halfway point of playing Survivor... I really had realized I hadn't dug into exploring Kobo a ton. And so I like played three or four consecutive hours of gameplay in which I advanced the plot zero percent. Yeah. Um, not three or four hours consecutively in one session across like two or three sessions. And I felt actually pretty fulfilled and, and enjoyed it quite mm-hmm. a bit, but there was always something for me to do. Um, now, some of that was me just deciding to explore an area, but like there was always something to do, whether it be open a new area of traversal or go chase down a rumor or whatever. Like there was still some sort of limited structure to it. Yeah. Um, in, in a way that it felt, made me feel like I was accomplishing something with my time, you know? Right. Right. Um, and that's the thing that I'm wary of when it comes to open world games. And we'll talk about that more later with Starfield, but it's like, I'm open to the idea of an open world. I'm open to the world. <laughs> it's just, I I don't really want, uh, I, a consistent theme for me is that I am 
what I get out of entertainment in different forms of media is stories and characters. Like that's why I love Bioware games. That's why I've loved so many of the games we've talked about. That's why I gravitate more towards TV versus movie for you. Mm -hmm. Where like, I want to engage with those things at a deeper level. So Mm -hmm. I want, I don't mind going and fucking off in the wide world of the game for a few hours, but I want to know that I'm going to come back and get rich story and character after that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I I get you. The there is something to be said for those open world games that are just like tons and tons of side quests, and yeah. it's like okay, but there's no yeah, there's no depth to character. It's just like this little adventure that you're going on for not like like the purposes don't really seem necessary or like that they're even building towards something if they're just kind of all over the place. Like to me, and, the perfect the perfect open world games overall like as far as like a concept is the grand theft auto games Mm -hmm. they've gotten massive but they still give you plenty of story and character when you're ready to come back to it very much yeah that's that's absolutely true yeah so i i'm curious to see what they do with this one of the things i it's uh who who made it this is is ubisoft ubisoft yeah and massive entertainment is the developer so one of the things with them that i i'm not 100 sure i like ubisoft games me either. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where my my main concern comes in right now. With this. Um, yeah, I guess it had probably been a long time since I played one. They always sound like they they have so many concepts that seem really cool and sound awesome, and I'm excited to try. And then I try them, and I'm like, something about the controls always feel clunky in their games to me. And the physics feel a little bit wonky because of I don't I don't think I I just don't think I really enjoy their engine that much, um, and that could just it could just be a you know a preference thing. And then one of my biggest my biggest thing with their games it is just menu vomit. Like okay. there are so many like especially with like the like the Tom Clancy game like there's just like I feel like there's so many with Rainbow Six uh, Siege like for example or like what, something else I played recently. So I said like for a long the longest time one of my favorite games like in high school was the first Rainbow Six Vegas. Yeah. Loved that game. Fantastic mm-hmm. game. But like mm-hmm. honestly that might have been the last Ubisoft game I played. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I I'm obviously like I'm gonna play it. I love I love Star Wars. I love it. So like I'm I'm interested yeah. to check it out. No, I'm super I, excited too. I will get over the bits of wariness I have of um it being open world, Ubisoft or any of that stuff, because we like being in this universe. It's an interesting timeline. If I got it right, it looks like it's supposed to take place between the events of Empire and Return. Yeah. Which I is because so, they showed solo, so in the yeah. carbonite. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, it's a, obviously it's a a very small window of time, but it's certainly one that has not been explored a ton in like, mm-hmm. the bigger picture. I'm sure there's, I know there's probably been novels and comics that took place during that, but um, some of that's going to fall through the cracks or whatever. And, and I don't know, the idea of an open world Star Wars game that's not like an MMO or whatever, like sounds pretty cool to me. And yeah. uh, it looks like it's, it's basically a first person shooter type of game uh did you say third i said first it's i think it's third oh is it i don't know why yeah. maybe uh, maybe i'm conflating with a different trailer i saw for something else but yeah. I, I thought i remember seeing that but uh, actually it's even better because i prefer third person anyway. Same. um 
but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's cool. And even the handful of little things I saw from the gameplay that I, I thought was pretty cool is like you hop in your ship and then you literally fly into outer space. Like, yeah, I, I, I love that gimmick. It's so cool. It I, is a bit of a gimmick, but there's something to be said for like as far as like role playing. And this isn't really an RPG. It doesn't look like, but like but as far as role playing, it's cool to have that bit of if I am playing this person who's going to fly off this planet. I'm going to fly off this planet. Yeah. There's something to be said for that. It's kind of cool. Well, you know what it is for me is at, like when I was younger and I was playing video games, like the things that I would imagine are like this seamless transition from land to sky to space. Like, like, wow, that would be so cool if we could do that in a video game. And like, we like, there's so many games now that do that. And it is, it's, de- it's not lost on me. Every time I see it, I'm like, this is, this is that thing I always wanted when I was a kid. And that's yeah. all that's that's really cool. Well it's uh, it's 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 continuing to drop the walls between you and your suspension of disbelief, right? Mm-hmm. Where, where you can actually immerse yourself. It is immersive in the truest sense where you're not having to have a cutscene or a loading screen or whatever. You get to just go do the thing and then do the next thing. Like you are literally playing that role in that situation. And yeah. whether we like end up liking this character or not a hundred percent once it goes, we like the concept of this character because we love our rogues in star Wars. We love our Han Solo's and our Boba Fett's and our campaigns. Mm-hmm. We, we like those people who are straddling the line of the law. I mean, it's called outlaws, but they're it's straddling the line. It's someone who ultimately won't be accepted because they're always going to do a thing that's, it's going to be just one bit too far, but mm-hmm. ultimately they can still be someone who's morally on the right side. Right. You know, our, our Jyn Ursos, our, our Cassian Andors, you know, are like, you know, these types of characters are what makes Star Wars great. Yeah, for, for sure. And it'll, it'll be, I'm just, I'm really curious, like what the story is going to be. Cause I like the idea of like the kind of, you know, a story about another person that we don't know, not in the main storyline, just in the world. Like that could be kind of cool. And the thing that I think I'm going to have a hard time with and make, I, I need to make sure that I set my expectations before I start the game is like when I turn the game on for the first time, I need to be very clear. This is not Jedi because Jedi Survivor is the best Star Wars game that has ever been made. And <laughs> you haven't even finished it. You're only like halfway done. I, it doesn't even matter. It's perfect. I it agree. Exactly. I it just, is, it's funny. It's just like it's incredible. And like it is an extremely high bar. For the Star Wars universe. Yeah. And this the is the Star Wars way- game we deserve for some Absolutely. And the only, like, this, this needs to, you know, it's going to obviously, it's different entirely because you're not playing as a Jedi and you're, you know, it's a completely different type of game. But like right now, that's the bar for a Star Wars game. Yeah. And the well, only people I see beating it is. <laughs> is respawn doing their third Jedi game yeah. like that? You know. <laughs> well, part of what's drawing me to this this new idea is we love the power fantasy of playing a Jedi or Sith. Mm-hmm. Like you know, Star Wars Force Unleashed were were super fun games too. It was the same concept, right? Yeah. Two sides of the same coin. But it it would be cool to take a step outside of that and do something else on occasion, just to continue to engage with this world from a different perspective. Mm-hmm. Um. And also now, uh, you know, Fallen Order passing the baton to Survivor. I can't imagine another studio doing a better game where you're playing right. as a Jedi. So right. if you're another studio and you want to make a Star Wars game, give me something else, right? Like you, you had 
something like Star Wars Squadrons, which is purely you're in a cockpit, you're flying around and shooting things, right? Like, you know, you have a game like this where you're playing a ground level person who doesn't have the force. Like, mm-hmm. give me some of those types of games to cleanse the palate. And also you're not going to top the other thing. So do something different. Right. Yeah. It's, it's cool. I'm excited to see where it goes. Um, <clears throat> yeah. I was kind of curious if anybody else were to make a star Wars game where you are playing as a Jedi, a, a lightsaber wielding anybody. Yeah. Are, is, is what Respawn's done with the mechanics of the lightsaber and the force usage, like going to be a standard, like to a degree, because like probably because anything else is going to feel wrong to me. <laughs> right. Either that, like I think the alternative, the only other, the only other thing you could do is if you, if you make the person crazy powerful and like, like not as difficult, like that could be another, uh, another avenue. Yeah. Like just really wonky, like, just overpowered, no force meter, just, yeah. <laughs> you know, just going nuts. Um, I think that's like probably the only other option, like to get away from that. The, one of the things that I've, I've been thinking about recently was, especially after watching the Mandalorian was, man, you know what else the star Wars universe could use video game wise is a multiplayer, like arena, like kind of like a Halo, you know how like Halo has like their arena, like multiplayer, like that with Mandalorians with That'd like you know cool. different loadouts and like tools and perks. Like I feel like that could be really fun, um, given to the right studio that can handle something like that. Um, weirdly enough, Re- Respawn can, <laughs> but but uh, they don't need to because somebody else can do it. Yeah, I mean, you, honestly, if they uh, if they weren't so tied up in so many other things that I care about more. Um, I would say even giving a multiplayer like battle type game like that, you're talking about to Bioware Mm -hmm. the mechanics that they did in Andromeda for running, jumping and jetpacking around having calling something like star Wars bounty hunters or something like that. Yeah. And having, you know, whether it be Mandalorians or whatever, like, you know, yeah, maybe, like, maybe making it bounty hunters would be yeah. a, a cooler concept, right? Where like Mandalorian, you, you could be playing a class. as a chrysanthemum type Wookiee. Yeah. who, yeah, he can't fly, but he's going to tear your arms off. Yeah, um, yeah, I like be, that. You could be Cad Bane, who's got his jet boots, who's going to boost around, but he's not going to fly around. Right, and he's got all these different weapons and and whatever at his disposal, and you know, yeah, you have your 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 Mandalorian types with your jetpacks and your 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 gadgets and gizmos and all that fun stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. That would be a really cool idea. Yeah, that could that could be awesome. And but if you were to go back to the like just Mandalorians, thinking about like, but like also give me a single player game too, where like it's almost like Republic Commando style or like you know Rainbow Six Three style, where like it's you and a few. You can give some orders. You have like special loadouts. You're going on these missions to do these. Like I don't know that 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 could work. I that, feel like that, that game could... also works with the Bioware model because yeah. Oh, have a guy with a bunch of weapons and a jetpack and gizmos and two teammates to command around with him. Mm-hmm. That that sounds an awful lot like Mass Effect to me. <laughs> well, also weirdly enough, like if Ubisoft wanted to get back to their Rainbow Six roots, yeah, they, they did <laughs> right. the, the, the squad thing as well. And obviously, they're used to having tactics and commands and like yeah, you know, like the breaching mechanics and, mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff. Like yeah, the, there'd Ubisoft be so much could could do that as well. To do sure. yeah, I like that concept. Um, moving on, Avowed 
is another one that came up. Um, which yeah, I, I keep was seeing something about that. What is that? Because that something <sighs> about it intrigues me, even though I've seen almost nothing about it. Yeah, it's a about as a first person fantasy RPG from Obsidian Entertainment, set in Eora, the world of Pillars of Eternity. Okay. Um, when I heard about when I saw the original teaser for this, like I don't know, I want to say it was like it was years ago, maybe five, four years ago, three years ago. I don't know. It feel it seemed interesting. I was like, oh, that that sounds cool. Um, I wonder where like what that's going to be about. When I watched the trailer for like the actual trailer that came out with the showcase, I was like, I, I nothing about this m- uh, makes me care. Uh, so <laughs> now now I don't really know if there's really any interest for me. But I'll keep an eye on it and see if it's worth. My time when it comes out. I mean, granted, it, I if it's like something like that, like any of these things that I'm like on the fence about, if they're on Game Pass, it's such an easy in for me, like to play yeah. it for a little bit and decide. Well, so most of what was in the Xbox showcase will be on Game Pass. So. Yeah, so that's cool. Um, Flight Simulator 2024. Did you see that? I saw that there was something about it, but I didn't see the trailer. That looked pretty cool. They were like taking it to the next level of like it wasn't just like chartering flights, but it was like helicopter rescue, like search and rescue things, and like uh, you know fire, like putting out wildfires. Like there was like interesting things like that. Well, they, it almost felt that, like the Forza Horizon of fights of flight simulator. <laughs> there was flight simulator and a spinoff announced alongside it, Dune Flight Simulator. Oh boy, where you can fly the ornithopters and shit. Amazing, amazing. Um, Forza Motorsport, they, I think they actually even gave it a release date. Uh, it, I don't really care too much about these types of games, but it looks really good. Yeah. I'm not like, it's a, it is a game. showcase piece. Um, so that's kind of cool. Overwatch, I really liked, I really liked racing games like 20 years ago and I have not been into it. I feel like, so o- Overwatch 2 is on this list here. I don't care at all about it. And I want to bring up Overwatch for one particular reason. I feel like I was peer pressure into playing buying and playing that game okay it's the only time i've succumbed to peer pressure that i can remember and it was a mistake it's not good i don't like overwatch other people like it and they can like it i don't like it and they need to stop trying to make me like it yeah that um those battle royale games have never really been nah. for me uh, well i guess that one's more strategic than most of the other ones are but um yeah it's just, those just haven't really been for Cyberpunk 2077 Phantom Liberty. I played a few hours of Cyberpunk 2077 mm-hmm. when it first came out. And Same. I actually kind of liked it, and then mm-hmm. I played it again. Same. So I have to get back to that game at some point, too, but uh, that is a, that's a commitment. It is, oh. because it's a huge game, and on top of that, it was like super complicated to learn. And I feel like I was just yeah. starting to learn it when I stopped playing it forever. Yeah, it's all you're starting over on that one, for yeah, sure. Yeah, which is a, a tough sell for me. But yeah, I agree. Um but for this teaser or this trailer, we did get uh, Keanu Reeves on stage, which I just, I, how can you not love that man? I mean, I'm glad that he seems to be happy to continue to this partnership with that yeah. game. So that's cool. A goofy man. I saw the trailer for this game and I was like, wow, that looks really pretty. What is this? What is this? Sim City? Is a new Sim City game? This looks great. Like, I'm not going to play it, but it looks really good. <laughs> and then it was like, City Skylines 2. And I was like, no, it's. No, it's SimCity. Stop. <laughs> Stop. You're not something different. <laughs> um, what else we got in here? Starfield. 
Uh, they you finally... Want, you want me to yeah. take the reins there? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Take so the reins. they did a 45-minute, after the Xbox Game Showcase, they extended it all because Xbox, or Microsoft owns Bethesda now. They did Starfield Direct. Uh, that game was obviously supposed to come out, I think, late last year. And 11, they, 11 22. Yeah. Um, they pushed it back. It's basically a whole year. It's going to be yeah. this September, I think, or mm-hmm. October, one of those. September, I think. Um... And that, yeah, whatever. Like, I, we've we've long said we'd rather them get ahead of that and push things back like that and get it right than fuck around, put out a bullshit product, and then scramble to fix it, maybe succeed, maybe not succeed, and maybe it takes you three years. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, kudos to them. I watched, like I said, it was like a 45-minute presentation. I watched, I think, 30 minutes of it. It looks pretty fucking spectacular. Like, just like, it, visually. It does. Yeah. It looks incredible. Um mm-hmm. Although I will say, I wasn't super impressed with the faces, but... Bethesda can't do faces. It's like a thing. Yeah, I know. It's just what I consider how above and beyond <laughs> the visuals are of like literally every nook and cranny of every spaceship and environment and outer space that they did. Yeah. I'm like, how do you have 2010 faces and 2030 environments yeah that doesn't make sense to me but that's fine um we were talking earlier about i'm wary of open world games i haven't really been called to the bethesda altar in any way shape or form Mm -hmm. um i played a bit of oblivion and i was not super oh really impressed with it like i a friend was playing and it was like i remember was he's like had to walk off from me he's like oh yeah just go ahead and play it i was like i i don't know what i'm doing but i like i figured out how to play and i just like didn't love it or Mm -hmm. whatever and like that was the only time i actually tried um i get people love that game skyrim has had like a 15 year life or whatever at this point um that's great i they have my utmost respect and i know people love the fallout games or at least not the new vegas ones um but i don't know there's something about space that's gonna get me to jump over this hurdle uh because i obviously adore space and space really final yeah as many are saying this um (laughs) i've been told (laughs) it looks gorgeous Mm. the gameplay actually looks fun um it 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 looks like you can pop between first and third person depending on your preference Mm -hmm. um it just seems like a typical ish shooter from that perspective and that's cool like super customizable customizable loadouts deep progression tree which i can like sometimes it can be tedious yeah a la the witcher uh, but sometimes it can be great. Like I've loved some of the evolutions of what they've done in the Bioware games. Um, and I, like I've played other games too, where I've like, I, I really like a certain amount of customization where you can really drill down into like specific character builds. Like as long as I yeah. can see what the benefits are to that level of specificity, I'm on board with it. Mm-hmm. It's just sometimes where I'm like, what am I actually accomplishing? But yeah. trying to unlock this tree or that or whatever. Um, what I'm really, we were talking earlier about like the building and crafting stuff. In this one, there's a specific mechanic that seems super cool to me that I actually really want to get my hands on the build thing, and it's your ships. Okay. I think you can own like 10 ships or something like that if mm. you play your cards mm. right. So you can build yourself a fleet of ships depending on what sort of play style or just series of missions you're planning on doing. Mm-hmm. They talked about that in in the 
the presentation where it's like, okay, are you going to go out on a mission that you think you need a fighter for? Well, build yourself a little fighter. And right. Like soup up engines and weapons and shields. Great. Or maybe you're planning on doing some smuggling missions or transport missions. Build yourself a freighter, you know? Uh, and, and all those sorts of, of yeah. things, which is, is cool. And like talking about like in the process of the game, you, there are certain members of the cast that will join you for more or less of the game. They'll jump on your ship. They'll be a part of it. They'll be a part of your crew during the course of it. You can hire people. You can recruit people to work on your ship. So if you build extra space for habitation, you can hire more crew and you can have more differentiation stuff, which allows you to then go on and build yourself bigger outposts and, and hire people to do that sort of stuff and, and having all the permutations of how that can affect your story and your gameplay that sort of stuff to me makes it more worth the time of, okay, do I want to build this module on the ship or that module on the ship, or can I afford both modules on the ship and we're going to make it bigger or faster or whatever, or, you know, that sort of thing is appealing to me where I can see a tangible outcome from what decisions you're making with those resource allocations and all. And, um, and, and plus, you know, even there's like literal gameplay aspects of, there are space battles. You'll just be flying in your ship and there's going to be someone who's trying to pirate you, or maybe you decide you want to pirate them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and they showed even that, that as part of that gameplay thing where it's like, Oh, you popped out of, you know, your, let's call it for lack of a better term, hyperspace. And there's a ship you weren't expecting to see, go shoot them down or prevent them from shooting you down. If you aren't going to be able to, to beat them or board them and steal their ship. Yeah. <laughs> now it's yours. You can do with what you want scrap it and take the best parts and make your ship better or start building out that ship is a part of your (laughs) fleet and it's like okay yeah sign me up that sounds like a really cool fucking idea yeah uh, that's awesome yeah i'm looking i'm definitely looking forward to checking out i'm super glad that uh, it'll just be available to me to play yeah i'm a little terrified it looks like it's gonna be a 300 hour game yeah definitely i I I will say i was saying before i like i really want to get into the depths of this and really embrace it as but like that's starting to be the point where I'm going to get a little anxiety when they say there's a thousand planets. I was like, that seems like that seems like too many planets. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. give me a bunch of planets. If this is, you want this big open world thing and it's exploration, but also we're going to give you big hubs to like, that's, that's the thing. If you want to give me, yeah, there's 10 different planets that you can just fuck around and explore forever. Or you can go to this city on this one planet and spend 20 hours and get lost in that city. Like that's what I want. I don't want, that that was my big gripe with Mass Effect Andromeda was, oh, you have all these different planets, different biomes, different things going on, and there was big exploration stuff, and that's cool, but like the outposts are not alive. Yeah, give me a city that I can go that that feels alive. For like, I need one of those if you're going to give me four billion miles of open space mm-hmm. too. Yeah, that's it. it. Definitely immediately raises a concern of like, uh, is this just going to feel empty? A thousand's too many. Yeah, definitely. But Uh, considering they have like eight different cities that they've already talked about. (laughs) Yeah. The thing with, so with Bethesda is, so I got, I really got into the Elder Scrolls 3 Morrowind on Xbox. Okay. And I was like, wow, this game is great. I know and very I, little about that one. I was just like so interested. It was so unique to me at the time. I had never played a game like that. I'm sure I know games like it existed, but like I had, I had never played one. So this is like my introduction to like a real like just a really awesome RPG. Picking a class and 
building out the character and leveling up perks and getting armor, all that. All, I like, I loved it. I like this. Is, the world was so interesting to me. And like, it came with a map. I had the map pinned up on my bedroom wall and I would like, I would follow the map, like the actual physical map. Like if I would like, look where I want to go and I would figure it out that way. Mm-hmm. And I just, I remember finding like this crab that, would pay the most for things that you were selling. And like, I was like, this is great. Like, I feel like I found a cheat in the game. Like it was just, it was really cool and fascinating. And I was like, man, and I, and the setting, I really loved the fantasy setting. I was like, this is so cool. Then oblivion came out and I got very much into that. And I enjoyed oblivion quite a bit. Um, never, never finished either of those games. Just played a lot of them. Like played hours upon hours of it, but never like mainlined it. Um, and then Skyrim came out and it was the same thing. I was like super into it, played a ton of it. Never finished it. Never, like, I, I played a whole bunch of side quests and, like, a bunch of mainline quests, but never actually went through the main story. So I don't, I don't really know where any of those stories go. I See, just know I, that I'm not it was a, fun to play. I'm not a video game completionist by and large. Like, mm-hmm. there's been a couple of games that I've done that too, but it's not really a motivating factor for me overall. Mm-hmm. But I have to finish the story of a game. Yeah, I, I and I think that's, in net, like, when I think about it, like, that's After what I'm here for. Fact, yeah, I'm like, oh, maybe, maybe it was just that the story wasn't compelling enough to keep me engaged to actually go through it, and that's why I trail off. I don't that's know. What, that's what I'm always afraid with that style of game. Yeah, and I was like, wow, this is great, and I, like, and up through that through that time, I was like, man, I love Bethesda games; they're so good. And then I started playing other Bethesda games, and I was like, oh, I like Elder Scrolls games. Hmm. I don't. I don't think I like particularly like Bethesda games. And there's something about their games of the ones that I've played. The it, it, I feel like a lot of it does come down to physics because there's a certain level of immersion that is really tied to that. And there's a floatiness to the movement mm. that I don't appreciate, uh, even in the Elder Scrolls games. And I worry a little bit about that in Starfield. Like, just like, is it just going to feel like one of those Bethesda games? Like, like have they adjusted? the physics for whatever this game is that they're building. Is it going to feel different enough? Um, and I'm kind of just curious what, how that'll play out. Uh, but but like you, when they said space, I was like, yeah, sign me up. Like that yeah. to me is the most interesting. So yeah, I mean, this sort of quote unquote infinite exploration thing, like you said, the final frontier, that's, that's where, I mean, I love a, a fantasy setting. I love, I love fantasy games, fantasy books, fantasy, fantasy shows. There aren't a lot of bigger Lord of the Rings fans than me, other than the people who've like committed the indexes to memory. And like, mm. uh, like I'm not, it's not a fantasy dick measuring contest, literally mm. or metaphorically. Like I just like, I, I love, love, love those movies, those yeah. games, everything. Yeah. I, it's so funny. I know exactly what you're talking about. Like, yeah. Who's the biggest Lord of the Rings fan? I would, I would be like, Alice. I was like, I am the biggest movie fan. I don't really care if I'm, I'm not a cinephile. I don't know every, I just, I know that I get pure joy out of movies. I think they are just the most incredible thing. And I, you might like movies as much as me, but it doesn't matter to me. I love movies the most. Yeah. I don't, I don't mean that like as like a beating my chest thing. It's just, yeah, no, I I know. I know exactly what you mean. The love and joy I get from interacting with those properties. Yep is on is largely unparalleled you might love it as much as me i, I can't fathom how it can mean <laughs> more to you like it, right it's, right it's, i think that's the thing right you know what i mean um but so it's it's not that part of it like you know for the, the fact that i i couldn't in any way shape or form like, i've just never really been interested 
in the Elder Scrolls, despite the mm-hmm. fact that I love fantasy setting stuff. Um, it's just there's something about it that doesn't call to me, and, I, and I, it, largely it's story. I find I, mm-hmm. it must be because that's what I've loved. So, fantasy settings are are the perfect tapestry to write great stories, in my experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and and space is too, and yeah. that's the, the the ultimate trump card for me. And I've always been fascinated by space. I've talked about that a few times on here. Yep. Uh, Same. I would make a terrible astronaut, but it would be it would be so cool to be a space explorer. It would be mm-hmm. terrifying. I would throw yeah. up so much because <laughs> I get motion sick. But if I didn't have that fatal I would flaw, throw up so much. <laughs> I would. If I didn't have that fatal flaw, I would have probably tried to make it my life's work to be an astronaut. You know? Yeah. Like it's. I've always been beyond fascinated with all of that sort of stuff, and there's there is a bit of my curiosity that gets really unleashed in that. And if you can tell me a great story with great characters in space, you'll steal my heart. Like star Wars, I think all that stuff. You and me need to go to like a planetarium and just, you know, you go watch those videos where like, it's like the whole thing is a screen and like, it really immerses you. Like I could just sit there and I could, I could stay there for hours (laughs) and I'll like, I look at it and like all that's running through my mind is fuck. We're so small. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> so I have alarm bells going off in my head about this game because <laughs> Bethesda, because a thousand worlds, like yeah. surely a hundred would have been enough, right? Mm. Probably more than enough. Yeah, ten. Ten. If you, if you execute ten at a high level, more than enough. Like, I'm also curious, like, like how much of a planet are we doing? Are we going to the whole planet? Do we have access to the whole planet, it or is seems, it like a hub type of situation? It seems like if for some reason you're a sick fuck and you want to. How can that be? That you have access to it. Seems well, because I think there's a certain amount of this generative. The only thing that, the only reason why I'll allow a thousand planets is that you know there are some wonderful Easter eggs. Like sure. Like this is literally just a planet from Star Wars. Like, so I I think I think or maybe I just hope they learned from the mistakes of No Man's Sky. Mm. Because I'm pretty sure that the procedurally generated planet thing is an aspect of this. Okay. Where cuz they were showing a bit of it, uh, I need more info on this, but they're showing a bit of it where it's like, "Oh, you go to this planet." And it showed you know, you zoomed in on the planet and there was two main hubs. It was like, go to city center or go to industrial center, right? Like, so it was like, oh, those are two major hubs on this planet. Right. But then they also clicked in the middle between the two of them. and It was like unexplored or something like that. Hmm. So I think if you just choose go to uninhabited section of planet, it just procedurally generates a... I see. Uh, you know, a biome for you to explore, whether right. resources and or creatures and or random encounters. Yeah. So like, I wonder like with something like that, if it'll be, is it mostly just going to be just unique based, like based on how it gets generated, but nothing really like, and if you want to go explore it, that's cool, but there won't be anything like you won't be. I want to make sure that like, not, I'm actually like missing something by not going through those. So things. I think that th- that's a point. There's going to be a mixture of the two. Like, yeah, I think there okay. are going to be certain planets or certain sections of planets where it's like you or I playing it will get the exact same experience. You're but right. if you go off into this truly unexplored place, it could be anything. Mm-hmm. 
And I, that's fine. It, it's it's ambitious, but yeah, I think it, they could do it properly. And if you're talking yeah. about a thousand planets, like let's call it ten planets that are one hundred percent identical between your experience and mine, that's enough mm. to execute a game that you know that has a beginning, middle, and end. Right. Uh, and 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 I I would be excited for that. Like I I I will never explore a thousand planets. Right. I I might explore fifty. Hmm. You know, to whatever. Extent. Yeah, like depending on how easy it is to get from one to another and like land and like get your footing and check it out. Like I could totally see being like, you know what? Oh, I'm going to play Starfield for an hour. I'm going to, what am I going to do today? I'm just going to go check out a planet. Planet like, X. Here we go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That that seems cool. Like, I And that, like, you know, going back to Jedi uh, Survivor, like before I sit down, like as I, as I'm booting up the game, I just make a quick call. Like, am I doing the mainline mission or am I just, or am I just exploring an area today? And like, yeah. um, if I have a lot of time, I'll I'll start with exploring and then I'll finish with mainline something, um, like to make some progress. And like, I love that. That's just it's so cool. Anyway, I'm excited to check this out. Um, I'm not like jumping out of my seat only because I'm I'm like cautiously optimistic. Oh, me too. So we'll see where it goes. So we'll we'll have to have at some point once he gets back from I don't from redacted overseas, uh, Brian. Um, is the huge resident Bethesda fan. He's okay. adored Skyrim from start to finish. He's poured obscene hours into that game. Mm. Um, and that's not the only one he's played. He's played Oblivion. He's played uh, one or two of the Fallouts. Um, like he's a Bethesda fan. Okay. Um, and he has been super excited for this. He's been terrified about it because when they pushed it back, he was afraid. The fact that he's like, he's like, the game's six months away. How come they haven't put any promotional material? I was like, listen, man, I've always thought that the promotional cycles on these video games make no fucking sense to me. Yeah. I don't need a year-long no. commercial tour. Give me a big thing six months out, then three months out, full core press. Done. Yeah. Like, what, what do you need to promote the shit out of the game for a year? At a certain point, like, you're just spinning your wheels. Like, you're just like, hey, we're still here. Yeah, do your, do your month-long thing at IGN. Do a big profile on Game Informer. Done. Yep. I'm with you. All right. We'll check it out. Uh, next up on this list that I have here that it interests me, uh, Helldivers 2. Um, Brian's a big fan of Helldivers. And huh. me, him, and Matt actually played the first one uh, last week for a little bit. It's it's a fun game. It's Well, at least this one, this one seems significantly different than the first. Um, the first one was like an isometric, like, top-down deal and like you go you drop into a whatever location and you run a mission like you have multiple objectives you do the objectives and you you get yourself out of there but like if you die your friends need to call you in and there's like cooldowns on the tooling to call somebody in and like things like that so like you need to like you know stay alive um and it's fun it's like really it's just entertaining we had a good time playing it so i'm kind of i'd be down to play the second one with some folks final fantasy 16 uh, have you played any Final Fantasy games? I played like two hours of one of the ones that was on a Game Boy game. Nice. I don't nice. remember which one it was. The only one that I played through was a nine, and I really liked it. It was like four discs on the PlayStation. Literally, all I know is that Eris dies in Final Fantasy VII. Those the words you said just now mean nothing to me. Uh, it's apparently it's a whole big, it's a they, big thing. It's a big thing. Um, like like Vader being Luke's father, like that's a thing. Okay. I uh, I played 
a little bit of the Final Fantasy VII re- remake, whatever they called it. I don't know. I played a little bit of it. Graphically, it looked pretty cool, but the game was a little weird. Um, the setting was a little weird. I don't really know what's going on. Isn't it, it kind of a weird for me. fusion of like JRPG versus Western RPG? Where like, isn't it like kind of turn based? The new one, yeah, like the remake. Yeah, they did something. I don't quite. Uh, you were able to choose like how you were playing it. You could actually. It seemed like you could even go full turn based. Yeah, because I was. I remember like the old Final Fantasy games were all turn based. Yeah, um, and then eventually they were less so, but it sounded like they created some hybrid model, which to me made, didn't make sense. I feel like it either has to be turn-based or it doesn't. It yeah, doesn't I was very confused. Um, but anyway, all this, like, I don't know, I'd be interested to, like, to like diving deep into one of the more modern ones and seeing how it is, and, like, this one has more of that fantasy setting, so, like, I think that it might be a good option for me. What was the last one that came out? Was it 16 or something like that? 16's the new one. 15 was, yeah. The, I was yeah, the one before it. Obviously. Um, <laughs> as numbers go. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. They fucked up the, the whole chronology of, like, iPhones, and I don't know if it was in, like, re- relation to that, but, like, Samsung did the same thing. They because, fixed it, though. Well, Samsung, like, decided to fuck around, too, because I owned an S3, and then I owned an S5 or 6, and then I owned an S9, and then I owned an S21, and now I own an S23. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. I know with, with iPhones, I think it was like the 7 came out, and then I think the 8 and the 10 came out the same year. Yeah. And like, I'm not 100% sure. Maybe there was a 9 that came out next before the 11. Also, wasn't there an X in there that wasn't the, 10? The 10. The X is the, oh, okay. it's 10. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and like I understand at this point, it's like okay, yeah, like I guess. Well, I guess I don't understand why they broke the convention. Either continue going, like, ordinarily, or well, the well, ten I believe was the ten year anniversary. Sure. So My, they, well, yeah. I'm I'm also I'm going even more back to like the the galaxy where it's like you were doing it one two three four five six seven yeah. nine ten, and then for some reason you forty. Used to, to, no, no, they switched it. No, it's tied to the year now. Like. Yeah. It's, it's They're counting like I, have, I have the S23. So it's like, that makes sense. It's just like, why, why make that change? Why isn't it just the S17? I think they should, they should, they should name their, they should do their versions like LAO counts, which is two, five, two, five, two, five. He's a man who contains multitudes. It, he, uh, so he's, he's recently, uh, he's leveled up. He now does two, five, six, seven, eight, nine. And I'm like, first off, good on you for getting some of those sequentially done. But like, how? Like, where did this come from? I don't even, I don't even understand. Is he where trying it came to create from. like a new Fibonacci sequence? Maybe, maybe. I'm, I'm start calling. Maybe he's, him. maybe he's just a genius. I'm start calling him Fibonacci. Fibonacci. Uh, so they dropped the trailer for the Elio Pixar movie, and I'm wondering Wait, if what? Yeah, there's a Pixar movie called Elio coming out. Is there? Yeah, next year. And I'm wondering if it'll be... I know. That's this year, I think. That's actually out, I'm pretty sure. Is it out? I know. If not, it's in. I think so. Um, But I was like, oh, wow. Timing-wise, this actually might be the perfect first movie theater movie for him. Oh. To be... Oh, you haven't taken him yet? No. Huh. So, that could be interesting. Uh, Got some Beat Saber in here, which I've always wanted to play. Hmm. 
Necrom, which is the Elder Scrolls Online. Never been... I, I could never... Never get into an MMO. Yeah, it's just not for me. It like just I, feels... I'm sure I judged in the past. I, I don't judge, it's just not for me. Like if, if that yeah, it just feels you, like too great. much too much investment. In like, yeah. Especially for, like, you know, like you said, like we're really into story. I, I don't know what Porcel... Porcel. I don't know what Parcel Corpse is, but that seems like it might be... Uh, is that Paperboy? Um, anyway. <laughs> uh, there's this game here. I'm not sure if you've heard about it before. It's called Vampire Survivors. Oh my god. No, seriously, I don't know why it's off the list. Maybe there's like some sort of... Uh, expansion or sequel? Expansion. I know there's like a show coming out. But oh yeah, man, you did tell me about that. I'd get back into some I mean, wait, I've never heard of that before. <laughs> Please, tell me more. Uh, I don't know. There's a couple of Assassin's Creed... Assassin's Creed business going on. Never got into any of those games. Division, couldn't care less. Avatar Frontiers of Pandora. I was literally just about to say, did we actually talk about that yet? No. <laughs> well, because we both watched the trailer right before yeah. t- turning on the recording. Which is like, I don't know, cool. Looks good. Visually stunning. Um, I don't... I don't know. Whatever. Like, I'll, I'll play it, I guess. I mean, it looked cool as shit. Like, like visually. We were, yeah. That was the joke we were making. Is like, I said if... If they made an Avatar game that wasn't visually stunning, I think James Cameron would, would actually kill right. Um Who made that again? Uh, Massive Entertainment. The same people that are on the billing for Outlaws. Ubisoft, that's right. Yeah. Um, Street Fighter Six, Kill It With Fire 2. Uh, <laughs> Dune. Oh, Microsoft Flight Simulator Dune. Yep. Got it. Got it. Although there was like a Dune MMO too, wasn't there? There is, yeah. I forget what that's called. That was revealed a little a while ago, though. Yeah, that was at the Game Awards. Um, tennis, tennis on court, awesome. I will play tennis on court Saturday. Yeah. Power Wash Simulator VR. No. Uh, what else we got here? I feel like this list is getting weirder and weirder. It's a game called Horses. <laughs> Floor Plan Two? No. Wh- no. What? What are you reading? What about Squirrel with a Gun? Okay, now I'm intrigued. Wait, yeah, so am I. Hang on. <laughs> it was a great failing of my this life. This game is I, not yet rated. It was a great failing of my life that I never played Untitled Goose Game. So, um, yo, that I like game. I have, I have to make up for. It's actually really good. I know it is. It's so bizarre. This game looks weird as shit. <laughs> Oh, a game called Squirrel with the Guns Squirrel Weird? Squirrel with a Gun. Call her me yep. surprised. He's <laughs> surprised. Well, I feel like that that pretty much covers what it. What is the I'm color sure of we, I'm sure we missed we missed some things, but... Uh, well, there's 498 games. You only gave me like 37. Yeah, games, I wasn't so. reading all that trash. It's a... <laughs> Wait, you're not reading all that trash. You told me there was a game called Floor Plan. <laughs> That's just because it caught my eyes. I was scrolling through. Yeah, uh, sometimes trash cl- catches your eyes. Does sometimes it's on fire. One man's trash is another man's treasure. Mm. Mm. So true. I uh, I think that's it for the game showcases that have happened. Probably too much. Yeah. An hour, an hour in, uh, hour and a half in. I Sympathy for the devil trailer. You show you sent this to me yesterday. I did. What a, I love. I love Nicolas Cage going full Nicolas Cage. That so what I appreciate in the last year plus is he's finally broken free of the shackles of the D-list movie mm-hmm. and has moved solidly into the B. Mm-hmm. And I'm here for 
Nicolas Cage in B movies. I'm not here yeah. for him in D and F movies. No, no. But well, I will watch an an unbearable weight of massive talent. I will watch. I mean, I wasn't like super drunk to it, but like I will watch a Renfield. Renfield watch, was great. Renfield was super sure, entertaining. My point is like I'll give it a chance in a way yeah. that I wouldn't have given like what most of what he did for the past yeah. decade a chance. Yep, um, he's got to make it to the theater. Yeah, and I will give this a chance. It looks interesting. It he's, looks and yeah, and he's he's going for it. Yeah. I mean, I hate Joel Kinnaman, but I it's it's fine. I am also not a fan of Joel Kinnaman. His face is so punchable. And yeah. I don't, I don't know. I actually don't know what it is that I don't like about him. It's, it's that he. Oh, uh, is that it? Yeah. Oh, sorry, Joel. Um. Anyway, I, I, for the devil. Looks I wish him good. nothing but the best. I'm sure he's a lovely person. He's just now. Uh, am I crazy? Is Nicolas Cage also doing like a, a like a slightly Brooklyn accent for the devil? Uh, it, he certainly was in one scene. Okay. Cool. I no, forget what scene that it was, wasn't but just my yeah, no, he had a big line that was like pure Brooklyn gangster, yeah, for sure. Love it. Cool. Well, that's our that's our news. I think uh, everything else falls under consumption. Probably, yeah. Let's say, yeah. yeah. Let's start off with what we passed on last week, which is uh, Ted Lasso. Yes. So it's not over, or it's over, unclear. It seems like it's over. But- it seems like it's over, but then they started posting things like. Something's happening. Well, week to week, it's it's vacillating between it's definitely over and it's definitely not over. Yeah. And this week we're on, it's definitely over. Okay. But last week we were on, it's definitely not over. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Who cares? They, All I know... they, they interviewed Phil Dunster, who played Jamie Tart, and he's like, yeah, no, it's 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 done. He's like, it's done <laughs> unless you know something I don't. And I'm like, I'm, I'm in it. Yeah. He's like, but yeah. also like, yeah, I mean, like, I guess they could do one if they wanted to, but like, I, I just hope they respect like what we've done to this point and like, like come up with a really good idea to do it. But like, he's like, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's done. Yeah. <laughs> he, uh, I watched it, a, a short interview clip with him, uh, where they asked him what his favorite lines were. And he's like, it has to be poop. Yeah. yeah uh, like, well, <laughs> it became a meme on that first episode this season, just his well, pronunciation. And he did it like three times this season. That was great. But like the whole point was that he, he's like, it was literally just born out of him trying to get Brett to crack on screen, <laughs> which I, I love that idea that they, they are, they are going above and beyond in their performance to make the other person fail. I would watch a season of outtakes that was just collected from the first three seasons. <laughs> yeah, same. The outtakes of that show have got to be pretty good. They got to be good. They uh, they have to be amazing. I mean, there's so much there. Like, I feel like you could actually, if you watch closely, you could definitely see cracks too, like where people just yeah. couldn't hold it together for the scene because it's just too funny. But the it, it it's just incredible. I love the I love where it went. We're gonna. I mean, we're gonna talk specific. So if you haven't seen the finale of Ted Lasso skip ahead. Um, but I, I am, I'm already ready to rewatch it. Like I was ready to rewatch it before it was over. It's so good. It's just like, it's just so it's, it's got such heart and it's so funny and the characters are so perfect and the chemistry is off the charts. And I just love what they did with every character. I loved like, I was so mad at Nate, right? Like, so I hated Nate. And I liked that, like, you know, they, 
I was like, they better not tr- try to redeem him. That's how I felt at the end of the second season, right? You better not try to redeem Nate. And then, like, they were getting into the third season. I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, it's just, and it's like, and they do it in such a wonderful way. And, oh, man, just Rupert getting taken down. Like, ah, oh, it's just, there's so, so, so many things that were so satisfying. The fact that they didn't actually come in first is also great. Like, it's, it's more realistic and grounded in that way. Like, I, man. I just adore the show so much. I mean, the theme of the show, what became, you know, the Lasso Way, which became the Richmond Way, mm-hmm. was always process over result. Mm-hmm. And I think most of the best things in work and life and relationship and all those things do tend to be process over result because good process tends to lead to good result, right? Mm-hmm. Like to get the really, truly greatest, most perfect results, you need so much luck. Yeah. To get good results, it requires good process. Yeah. And there's like there's like honor in just the work in doing the process, right? Like in things real and, and imagined, like right, like in, in real life and in, in just in entertainment, in, in a in a story that's written that you're engaging with, good process yields good results. And and by and large, this ultimately there was a lot of good process in this. I you and I talked about mostly off the show, but I I didn't love the writing all together in this season. It's not to say it was all together terrible. There was certainly sequences that were written incredibly well. There's character moments that were written incredibly well. There was even certain episodes that were written incredibly well. I did have I saw some cracks in this season that I I, I feel like I didn't see in the the two seasons prior, but it doesn't mean I didn't enjoy the season. I, I definitely did. And I still love the show. Mm. Um, also, like when we talked about that at your house, I, I didn't know it at the time, but a couple of weeks later I had found out Bill Lawrence contributed very little to the season. Apparently mm. that's probably part of why the writing wasn't up to the standard that I was used to. Sure. Definitely. Um, it's definitely a different vibe. I didn't, I didn't take uh, issue with it, um, but I, I could see there's definitely difference. I do think that at this point, so much was like there. Talk about process, like the the actual like concepts of like character arcs and what they dive deep into and how they let the actors do their thing. Like I feel like that is what yields just the incredible result that is the show, and it's just yeah, <laughs> it's awesome. No, I mean there were some things that I I really I loved. I mean, I didn't totally love how they sidelined some of the stuff with with Sam this season, but. When he got time to shine, I thought his character was yep. really well written from start to finish of this show. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved how they wrote Jamie and Roy's relationship oh, from the second so season good. on. So good, it's so good. I mean, I invited him here because he's your best friend. <laughs> <laughs> what? He's like, well, you talk about him all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I thought that was some of the strongest writing this whole season was yep. just their relationship. Um, And the evolutions it's it's taken over the three seasons. I thought it was incredibly well done. Um, I had problems with how Nate's story was written this season. And even a little bit last season, just a little bit. um, I didn't have any problems with the macro last season. It was the little bit of the micro of when he goes to the full heel turn. I, I had seen it coming. I just... And I remember saying it at the time, like a year ago when we talked about it on the show. It was like, there was just something that... It felt like there was a crack in there that like didn't 
like seamlessly go from point A to point B there. Mm-hmm. Even though I totally understood like that's what they were setting up. It just there was like there was a, a hitch in the handoff, really, yeah. what it comes down to. Whereas Do you this, feel like that was redeemed at all by the explanation of him like cowering under the desk for hours? No, 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 because he at that point I feel like he had all that time and he was so ashamed of himself that he had to lean all the way in. No, I understand that part of it. That wasn't my that was never my problem. My problem last season was they started showing him what happens to this guy who is clearly a genius who was put down his whole life and is finally empowered for the first time in his life. Mm-hmm. And he becomes a petty tyrant. Mm-hmm. But it was the specifics of him just up and leaving that I thought they faltered a little bit. It's not that that's where they ended, because I think we saw that coming to whatever yeah. extent. It was just the mechanics of how it actually went down mm-hmm. that just didn't 100% work. It's not the end of the world. It's just it just didn't 100% work. Um, so, yeah, no, like those scenes showing like him he left like a petty tyrant, right? Like he mm-hmm. raged and then realized that he overdid it. And then in for he, a penny. <laughs> yeah. In for a penny. In for a pound. Like he, yeah. he didn't know how to get back from there. So right. he leaned into it, tried to fake it until he made it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Oh, if I'm the genius, I think I am. I'll just go be the coach of this other team and show everyone. Yeah. Even though he doesn't feel it. Like he knows it intellectually that he can do the job. Hmm. And then also he realizes he got more than he bargained for where it's like, oh, I don't actually want to be a star because stardom, stardom is terrifying and I am yeah. I'm a vanilla person. Like I may be a genius intellectually, but like I'm not I'm not a rock star. Yeah. Personality wise. And so like I really yeah, liked it, it, I really liked those aspects of the story for him, like this season. I, I did like like him and Rupert butting up against each other and him realizing like this is not what I want for my life. Mm-hmm. Um and him coming back felt right overall because I like I think he knew like you said from him hiding under the table like that yeah he never really should have left mm-hmm. he just didn't know how to balance you know what to do yeah yeah the, it, it, something so funny about that character like Nate's timid delivery in the background of scenes of lines that you barely hear is maybe one of the best parts of the show. Like if you go back and rewatch something like that, like the first season, for example, knowing where things are going, you have time to like just kind of like listen to what's going on in the background and see. What we, like he'll he'll okay, he'll just have like these lines that are mumbled that we that are just so funny. Like where he's just shocked at what's going on, and it's I love it. it he just he cracks me up. And then I was so mad at him in the second by the end of the second season and through the second season. And I was so mad at him when the third season started. And I did like the way that they turned it back around. I did like that. Like I had, I mean, I had understood it and and was following it from the beginning that a lot of what's going to happen with Nate has a lot to do with his relationship with his father. And there's a lot of that throughout the entire series, right? It's a yeah. lot of characters and their father, Rebecca and her father, Ted and his father, uh, Jamie and his father. Nate and his father, Sam and his father. Like there's, you could have named the show Dad Lasso. Dad Lasso, (laughs) and like I think all of those stories are so good. And I think, I mean, just how wonderful that scene was when uh, Nate's dad comes into his room uh, when he's living back with his parents, like for a short period of time there, and like oh, that 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 exchange they have that just like redeems, like the weight gets lifted from Nate and everybody watching, and it's just like 
and you're like, okay, I can I can root for you again because I feel like we we've made progress and like yeah, and I have no idea coach, who the, the guy who played his dad. I have no idea who uh, like, that actor is. I've never seen yeah. anything else. It's tremendous in that scene, breaking so down good. and telling him like that. It was so strong. Yeah. Oh, such a great, such a great scene. Well, that very well written that scene and yeah. very well performed. Um, and then, dude, Coach Beard showing up and not blinking for the entire performance when he's talking to Nate and just yeah. like delivering the fact that we like it, he was the one that had to bring him back into the fold because like. Nick, well, and we'll get to Lasso's like whole thing with this in a minute, but like it was going to have to ultimately be up to Coach Beard because he was the one that was like, "I'm not allowing this to happen." So, okay, well, if you he he said if he comes into this building, I'm burning it down. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But like, I love that. I love like the whole second chances talk, and like we got all of this mystery about Coach Beard is just unveiled in this one monologue. Honestly, I, did, like, I didn't have him being a reformed convict on my bingo card. No, <laughs> not at all. Just a just a a weird wild card is what I, I expected him to, to like, be. To be fair, maybe, maybe in retrospect, like that the beard episode from last season maybe intimated that. Well, I think we always knew there was some darkness in his past, just not mm. the extent the past that it was. <laughs> um, but. Um, and also maybe the masterstroke of all masterstroke of Lasso's manipulations because mm-hmm. he had such a it's funny considering his need for therapy and his learning along the way he has such a grasp of what motivates people and how to get to it and his super casual oh hey look at what I was just happened to be looking at and it was the video of Nate hiding yeah. under the desk that he's been sitting on for a year yeah and that's what it took to crack Beard and it didn't take Ted very long to figure that out Mm-hmm. You know what I liked about that, the whole thing, though, with Ted and Nate, is that I don't think there's really a point where, like, Ted clearly says to Nate that, like, it's okay. And I think that was actually pretty powerful because it definitely bothered him. Like, it upset oh, Ted it tremendously, did. right? But and he, like, I think he came to terms with it between the time that he talked about it. And, and he, like, that was, that was yeah. part of my frustration earlier in the season. And I still have it. Is Nate? Nate doesn't even apologize to him until after he comes back. Yeah, no. I, I, it just doesn't sit right with me. And yeah. I liked that scene in, in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. That, that scene was really nice when he breaks down and he grabs yeah. Nate. Yeah, no, it, it, it is. And I do think that there is something to that, though. Where like, hey, like, where you? Yes, you can come back. Yes, you're coming into the world. But I, I do think like ultimately like. Their relationship is will never could never be as strong as it once was. Sure, because of all that, and I think that that's actually what it shows yeah. by doing it that way, which I, I I thought was cool. And also, I even felt like it was kind of a double edged sword. Of I liked that the team brought him back because they knew that they needed him. Yeah, I was surprised by that when that happened, though. But and specifically, like Isaac, fine, but like Colin and I always forget the name of the new kit man. Oh um, uh, yeah. But those were the two people that Nate treated the worst. Yep. And they had no reason to believe that he had changed in any way, shape, or form. No. So why would they just be going out of their way to... I think because... Nate was terrible to both of them. They don't like really dive into it, but Ted rubs off on people. And I think that that has a lot to do with it. So like these, the are, whole... these are the little things that I'm... Well, this is not such a little thing. 
But these are some of the things that I had issues with this season. Yeah, I'm able to get past like something like that, though, because I feel like you can, it's easy to draw a conclusion based on everything else. The, so the only problem with that I have is on a lesser show, I would be able to get past it. But mm. I hold the show to higher standards because it's proven that it's capable. Hmm. No. Um, when they put the fucking sign back together and they each had a piece of it, I was like, oh, this is this is the Ted Lasso thing that gets me every goddamn time. And when he when they put it all together and he went, and there it is, number four. I was like, fuck you, Ted. <laughs> like, it's too good. <laughs> well, it's great because it's so cheesy, but mm-hmm. it's also perfect because he's cheesy. Yeah. And the show is, in a good way, but it, like it's perfectly, it perfectly fits the theme of what the show is all about. Yeah, and the theme of what the show is all about is cheesy feel good. Yep, absolutely. In the best I, possible version of it, I think what's so incredible is like people like it's characters are clearly jealous of the experience of that like that surrounds Ted and his people, right? But ultimately. He's not he's not blocking anybody out. He lets everybody in that wants to be in. Like I love that Trent just becomes a member of the team. I yeah. love that so does so do all of the fans that he lets into the stadium to watch them practice like yeah. over time. Like it's so it's just so cool. It, it's such a fun watch. Actually, here's a little Easter egg for you. Did you, did you catch it um at the end of the thing when they're showing like the little montage the three fans whose names I always forget? Mhm. Um, and uh, the the bartender. Yeah, May. May, that's it. Um, when they she bought into the team, right? Yeah. And she fixes a a picture that's hanging on the wall. You watched Cheers not too long ago. Yeah, it's the same picture. I, I, yeah, I saw. And there's a is it? It's Jason Sudeikis's uncle is Norm or something like that. Oh, I have no idea. Yeah, there's like, there's some connection between. I just know it's the exact same picture. It was homage to the end of Cheers. Yes, yeah, yeah, that's that's cool. I have to I have to go back to that. So we watched Cheers many nights in a row for many hours, and I'm pretty sure we only like made it like a third, like two thirds oh, of the first season. I thought you finished it. No, God, no. Oh. This the first season is so damn long. Like it's awesome. I mean, we really lots really of network television it. was like back. Then. Uh, yeah. But you only watched one season. I don't even think we finished it. I don't the know first why. Season. You talked about it for so long that I, I know. assumed that you finished the I know. show. It was, I mean, I was really enjoying it, though. I'd like to get back to that. Uh, there were a couple of Easter egg things that I've seen over the past few weeks that I really enjoyed. Like, uh, when Jamie does the the performance, like, to play, like, like, hey, pass me the ball, pass me the ball, I'm right here. Well, it's the exact same movements that Ted does in season one when he tells him what he needs to do to be the... <laughs> to actually play that part. Oh, was it? Yeah, it's like he does the whole thing, like with the hands and, and everything. Well, I mean, I remember watch... that was the whole thing that like Nate devised, right? Which is why he like just showed him Nate. <laughs> yes, exactly. And did the whole like handing him an Oscar thing. Yeah. But but yeah, like it was the the he's like he's like ah Jamie, you're not selling it. I gotta I, you gotta be out there. You gotta be like you gotta really be selling it. And, and and Ted does that whole performance, and that's exactly what he does. Okay, I thought that was great. And then there was another one where. Ted's mom is in the locker room. He's like, did, Ted, did uh, Teddy ever tell you about that time that he ate a, a a candy bar made of poop? And in the first season, he goes, there's two things I know. And one of them is don't accept a candy bar from some guy because it might be, it might just be poop in a wrapping paper or something. And I don't remember that. <laughs> there's like, there's so many little things like that, that they, that they just like retouched on in the third season. 
Um, if you get a chance to, to go and look up the side-by-sides, they're really fun to watch. <laughs> really, really entertaining. Uh, man, what a show. I loved it so much. Um, we've, we've given Ted Lasso its due. What other things have you been consuming? Um, well, do you want to talk any more Survivor? Because sure. you got a, a good chunk the last few days. Yes. Uh, I finished it this weekend. Dominic finished it this weekend. Nice. So, um, I... Can you really... you better you gotta warn your brother right now. <laughs> if he spoils it for me, I'm spoiling every single thing I ever watch from here on out. What did he spoil for you that one time? He he uh, spoilers for Jedi Fallen Order. Was that what it was? He told me about Vader. Ah, uh, rude. That, that does seem rude. He also spoiled Ned dying, but I just assumed in uh, in uh, Game of Thrones. But so did my dad. So. How late did you start watching that show? Game of Thrones, maybe the third season, fourth oh, season. I didn't realize you were you started it that late. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, Jedi Survivor. So yes. you finished the mainline story, but you're still going back. Yeah, uh, there's just a couple of things I wanted to to get all the bounties. Um, although apparently there's a bit of a glitch in that situation mm. that people are running into and. I know Dominic said he did where I think he did one bounty and like never got an assignment to do another one for some reason. Oh, interesting. Um, I've gotten like three quarters of them and like now all of a sudden she's not giving me any more. So like I have to go fuck off and do something and then come back, I think. But interesting. You know what? I actually haven't explored that at all. Oh, you should. There's like a lot of them. I've killed a bunch of like named people that I've found. No, it's not the. Something else. The the legendary there's legendary bosses and like bosses and then there are bounties and I think like they may get some of those subcategories as well. But like wow. you have to go talk to Cage in okay. Pylon Saloon. Yeah, uh, should maybe maybe that's what I'll do next instead of continuing on the main mission. I'll do some bounties. Yeah, every time you go back, you should talk to her because she, I mean I talked to all of them because some of them have some pretty cool stories. Moran's an interesting character. Um. Mosey's an interesting character. Um, you know, and there's some other cool things. You get, you know, talking to Bode or Marin. The Hall Tactics is a fun mini game. Plus, you get some little perks from that. Um, Scuva Stev's great. I got to hear the end of his story, which is awesome. Um, and then even after that, you still see him out there once in a while. He's still got some more riffing to do. Oh, my God. He's ridiculous. Um, but uh, yeah, the bounties are cool. Some of them were fucking ridiculous. One of them was like, well, I won't tell you where you had to go, but there's a planet that you haven't uncovered yet that you have to, well it's not technically a planet but whatever um th- there's a place you have to go <laughs> and um i went back and it was like oh yeah there's these three people looking for you from the hexing brood and i was like great and i go and it's just this big hallway and it's one of the annoying jetpack brood guys Ugh. and one of the big robots and the guys who charge you with the, sh- the shield at the same time in one long hallway it's a tough one yeah it's a tough one have you tried lifting the guy with the shield? No, not that specifically. I have to try that. Next. I thought that the lift and the slam were going to be super useful in fights, and it turns out it's not, unfortunately. Mm, okay. Like it's, I'm not saying it's useless, but like yep. it ended up being way less useful than I thought, so I kind of gravitated away from it as I kept going on in the game. I was a little disappointed. I thought that was going to be more. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, no. I really, really liked it. There are things I really want to discuss with you because 
there are two specific things that I called out from pretty early on in the game. That one I nailed 100%. No, sorry. There's two things I called out from early in the game, and I, I will say I got both of them 50% correct because okay. the aspect of it that I thought was going to happen was exactly right, but both of them also delivered a twist alongside of it. Ooh, fun. Which was kind of cool because... Like at a certain point, like there are so many, there are only so many stories you can tell, and like we've mm-hmm. talked about some of that in the past, and like I've talked about how just the depth and breadth of how many different stories I've engaged with through reading and video games and movies and television, like I rarely get surprised anymore. Yeah, there was one actual pretty cool surprise in this, but the two big things I kind of honed in on early on, I ended up being right about, and I won't say they were telegraphed. It's just like. Once you've engaged with stories in this yeah. way for so many times, like you know what to look for, mm-hmm. even if you don't even realize you're looking for it. But the fact that both of those things were delivered and executed in a way that felt like realistic and valid to my expectation, mm-hmm. but also to give me just this little twist on the end of it, that keeps it fresh enough that like, I really appreciate. And how how deep into the game are these reveals that you're talking about? Um, uh, they kick off the final act, I guess. Okay. Um, how far that, into the game am I? Uh, where are you exactly? Critical I, uh finished up with Ravis, and I went back to the top of that mountain, and I started progressing through that. All right, so oh. like I'm, I'm in the sky. <laughs> okay, so I think you could probably see that you'll know that this is where it's going, more or less. So I don't think it's too much of a spoiler, but. That's the end of the story that's been told in this game. Okay. The whole yeah, Dagon, Santari, Ravis yep. story. Mm-hmm. You remember that twist I talked about? Yeah. It happens a little after that. <laughs> right, okay. And that, that, that's kind of what my anticipation was. It's like, okay, I feel like what I'm right now I am approaching the end of what is supposedly the story (laughs) yeah so yeah remember when we talked a couple weeks ago i said i sense that there is a hard left turn yeah and then i sent you that gif of a hard left turn yep it happens it's happening not right where you are Mm -hmm. but in what would seem to be the wrap-up after that okay cool then you have the hard left turn and that's what the actual final act of the game is cool that's awesome there's, there's kind of an interlude. Like, I would say that, like, what you're going to do is kind of like the conclusion of the middle act of the story. Mm-hmm. But there's kind of an an interlude that takes some time to get to the final act. Cool. Yeah, I really don't want it to end. Yeah. I, I think mean, so that what's going to happen is I'm going to get through this part and I'm going to really stop for a while and do those other things so that so I'm not I, sorry, I, I, finish it. I will tell you this much. I neglected my time on Jeddah. To the point where when they kicked off the final act, I was like, oh, well, I guess now's the time to spend some time on Jetta because I've basically done like 95% of what can be done on Kobo. Yeah. And I've, I thought I had more time. Not that the game was short or whatever, because of like in excess of 40 hours. Yeah. But I don't know. I just like, I, for whatever reason, in the back of my mind, I was like, I always thought like, oh yeah, I have more time to go back. And I just wasn't super impressed with it's not that we're impressed with Jeddah. It's just like you have to just do these long slogs to get to any place. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some cool things to do on the planet. It's just like exploring Kobo is more fun because 
like yeah like i fast traveled a decent amount once i got later into the game but it's like there's something rewarding in just wandering from one section of the planet to the other and i it's not rewarding to wander jetta like no okay i haven't been to that section or there's like a bunch of things i have to do in that section i'm just gonna fast travel and go do it you Mm -hmm. know but i i i did so much of that after that interlude that and like after the kickoff of the third act yeah um so if if you have the time that's probably what i'll do i would recommend doing some of that before well i'll tell you this after after you finish up at the observatory Mm -hmm. you're going to be prompted to go back to jetta okay um well because remember you're trying to get something Mm -hmm. from dagon and you're going to bring that back to to yep see and you know and and you know um before you go see them just go do some exploration do some stuff just to balance out the story yeah. I guess is the best way to say it. Cause otherwise you're going to find yourself really headlong Hurt, into hurtling the towards yeah. the end of yeah. the Yeah. And like in, in retrospect, I wish I had done it more that way. Mm-hmm. Cause where you're at, you're basically almost to the point I was at when I'm, when I made that revelation for myself, but uh, no, I really love the story. Um, I really love the game so much. Um, eventually I'll probably kick. I'm going to, unlike the last, unlike when, when uh, Fallen Order came out, I'm going to give myself a little break before I jump back in, but it probably won't be a crazy long break, and I'll probably give the New Game Plus a try. Yeah. Um, Do we know anything about the New Game Plus? Do you get to keep all of your unlocked perks? Yes. Actually, when you finish this game, Thank it tells God. you, it's like, you keep everything, you get some new um, like cosmetic stuff. Like cool. I think you can do like the red lightsaber, and like I think you get like Inquisitor Garb, like you did in the first mm-hmm. game. Um, and... Um, that that's really cool because I like that like the perks that you actually are like unlocking with the skill that you've earned aren't like you can do all of them without like breaking the game. Yeah, and well, to to increase the challenge, it gives you an option. I think you can toggle it on or off. But when you start the new game plus, you can make it so that the beginning of the game has more challenging enemies from the start mm-hmm. because okay. obviously you'll now be kind of overpowered. Yeah. To what you I kind of like the idea of starting the game off being wildly overpowered, though. Yeah. So, like, you could toggle on and off. So, like, you, you know, it's up to you if you want to, like, have that, like, Force Unleashed power fantasy of just, I'm just going to tear through legions of stormtroopers, Mm -hmm. like, go for it, and then switch it on. And instead of fighting, like, that one guy, you'll fight, like, those 10 guys or whatever. Yeah. I will say, I have been, I had unlocked, I had found the wisdom perk. I feel like fairly early on in the game and I've used it ever since. And I've just been plowing through skill points because of it. I never ended up using that one. And I still got a lot of like, I mean like you kill, like sometimes I'll pick up a, I'll, I'll just kill a boss, like a, a random boss. And like, I'll level up three just by killing him once. Like, and I like, I think that's so cool because like, yeah. I'm, got that little boost on me but yeah uh, i gravitated more towards gameplay specific stuff because i think i'm playing a level higher than you i'm playing on this not the highest but oh okay so we're the playing the, highest, the jedi yeah. master whatever, okay yeah. mm-hmm. so i think dominic played on jedi knight um yeah amateur but <laughs> um <laughs> but uh yeah i don't know i mean i at the end you know the quote-unquote end of the game i have the cross guard fully upgraded the blaster fully upgraded the dual wield fully upgraded the force the all three force trees fully upgraded the light like the health tree fully upgraded 
and half of the single blade fully upgraded. Hmm. Um, Do you really use just, the single blade at all? No, it's just I figured like, I, yeah, like at not, a certain right? point I was just, I'm just I had the point, so it's just not yeah. to get into that. So if I play New Game Plus, I guess I'll probably fill up all of the trees at that point. So. Yeah, that's 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 my hope. I want to max it all out. Uh, yeah. That's cool. Uh, it's so fun. It's such a fun game. Cool. All right. Uh, what else are you consuming? You want to hear about this dreadful movie I watched the other yeah, day? Yeah, I do. I really do. So did you hear about the movie Barbarian? Yeah. Came out last year. Mm-hmm. So my sister had a friend, a friend of hers from college. She had moved away last year. She was in for like the week. She was uh, by us for the weekend. She, um, you know, we were out by the um, the pool on Sunday because it was a nice day. It was the first day we were actually going in the pool this season. And uh, she was, uh, the two of them were like sitting with like their feet in the water and I was like kind of off the side, like I had like my drink or whatever. And uh, we were, they were talking about some movie and I asked and she said, my sister's friend is like really likes horror movies for some reason. And cause, yeah, the, I, <laughs> not that this is necessarily a horror movie, but they were like, my sister's like, she watches Sharknado to go to bed. Like, that's like her like calming comfort movie. I was like, what? She's like, Something yeah. wrong with you? Yeah. Um, no, I mean, like, no judgment, but it's weird. Uh, <laughs> no judgment, but judgment. Yeah. Um, and so anyway, she was like, yeah, no, I like horror movies. Like, kind of like, I think she likes, like, the type of movies that are, like, comically gory type of horror yeah. movies. Mm-hmm. So anyway, she was telling Gianna about this movie. And I was like, that sounds vaguely familiar. So I was, she uh, she brought it up on her phone. And I was looking at it, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember seeing a trailer for this last year. Mm-hmm. Justin Long. Justin Long, yeah. yeah. I was like, okay, yeah, no, that rings a bell. I was like, I have not heard anything about the movie. I remember seeing the trailer for like 10 days on TV and then never hearing about it. Mm-hmm. So. Like an Airbnb, like, situation, yes. right? Like it's something creepy is going on. Okay. Yes. Someone, two people get double booked mm-hmm. in an Airbnb and then yes. yep. something creepy Okay. Happens. Very so, much remember this. <laughs> so she's like wanted to get Gianna to watch a movie with her. John's like, I'm not big on horror movies, whatever. And I was like, I'm not really big on it either. It's like, I mean, I'll watch it. So the three of us sat down and watch it. Her friend had already seen it. It's so bad. <laughs> so the problem is the first act of the movie is actually pretty legitimately intriguing. Okay. So I knew Justin Long was in it. I didn't recognize the girl. From the trailer, I, I, I looked her up. I, I didn't. I don't remember her name. And I, I, I could look it up. But I don't remember seeing in the trailer. Maybe I'm just not remembering it. But I, I didn't. Georgina realize, Campbell. Yeah. Um. I didn't realize that Bill Skarsgård was in this. There's a Skarsgård and everything. It's just safe to assume that everything that you watch will have at least one Skarsgård. So you're not going to watch this movie, right? No. It's so bad. Okay. So spoilers if you guys care about this movie because I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to give you a full plot synopsis because I, I just it. want you to understand how. You're not going to get the full effect from me just telling you, but you'll get enough of the gist to understand. Mm-hmm. So, she's driving in the rain, dark, goes to this house. She checks the phone for the booking. Mm-hmm. Here's the lockbox, whatever. She does it. There's no key. Already suspicious, right? Yep. She looks up and down the street. If this was one of those goosebumps choose your own adventure ones, it's like, what do you do next? Do you knock on the door? Do you go home? This is like, I would finish those books in six pages because I'd be like, do you go into the haunted carnival? No. no. And it's like the end. Yeah, no, like 50, <laughs> time, 50 times in this movie, I was like, you're the stupidest person in the life. I don't care if you die. 
Yeah. You're the stupidest person alive. I don't care if you die. Other person in this movie, you're challenging her for stupidest person alive. I don't care if you die. Yeah. I actively um, hope you die. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, <laughs> so she, you know, she looks up and down the street. There's one house with a light way down, you know, like a street light next to whatever. She calls the booking doesn't, you know, no, no response. It's like 11 o'clock at night, 12 o'clock at night. Something. She goes back in the car. What the fuck do I do? Light goes on inside the house. So she goes up. She's ringing the doorbell. Mm-hmm. Bill Skarsgård opens the door. Who are you? Who are you? They figure out they're both booked. One booked on one website, one booked on the other website. Mm-hmm. So he's like, hey, why don't you come in? We'll figure it out. Like it's pouring rain out here. Mm-hmm. She's an idiot and she goes in. Yep. Yeah, she calls again from the number she has. He's calling from the number he has. No response. He's like, listen, I'm not leaving you like to sleep in your car like there's a convention in town you're not gonna find a hotel she does look around she can't find a hotel mm-hmm. he's like why don't you take a shower wash your clothes you can sleep in the bed i'll sleep on the couch like i won't feel right like you know like mm-hmm. like yeah i'm the one being put out because i'm already like here i've been here for like a night but like whatever like i'm trying to do the right thing so you know he makes her tea she doesn't drink the tea mm-hmm. she goes to take the shower maybe, she- the, maybe the only smart move so far right she comes back out. Oh, there's also been a couple of like weird like jump scares where like he's just like looming. Oh, Doesn't do anything, but he's just like there. Yeah, it's just mm-hmm. like tricks of cinematography, right? Yeah. Like she'll like close a door and you'll see him in behind it. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. Okay. So she comes out of the shower and now he's sitting at the table, which is like, you know, it's like a hard right turn from where she comes out of the hallway. He's like just there with a bottle of wine, which he had mentioned earlier was left by the host. Mm-hmm. Ribbon on it, and he's like, I'm you like I woke up, I'm up now. This is like a weird situation, like I can't go to sleep. I want a glass of wine to calm my nerves, go back to sleep. I was gonna pour you a bottle, but I saw you didn't drink the tea, so I didn't want to open the bottle <laughs> if you didn't see me open the bottle, so sure. like do you want some? And she's like, No. He's like, Do you mind if I have some? Go ahead and do whatever you want to do. So he pours the wine. They sit down and talk. She starts drinking the wine. They're drinking the wine. They're having a good time. She's in town to interview as a researcher for a documentarian who's doing some sort of documentary on like jazz music in Detroit. That's where this takes place in Detroit. Okay. He's like, well, you know, you should interview. And she says, who? He goes, me. She's like, I, what? And he, he's some guy who's vaguely tangentially involved with the music scene or whatever okay they have a really good night there's kind of like a vibe at the end of it it's awkward but they both go their separate ways she goes to bed in the bedroom Mm -hmm. he goes to bed on the couch she goes to sleep (laughs) she wakes up the door's cracked open like you know you've been getting dark ominous tones you've been getting faster tones off and on you know she goes out she hears this weird sound so she goes out into the hall He's making these crazy sounds, so she's like getting closer and closer. He wakes up. Why are you looming over me? It's totally a normal thing. Now she's the one who's being weird. Now she's creepy. Yeah. Yes. So she (laughs) she goes back to bed, closes the door. She wakes up. She slept through her alarm. There's a note on the table. Hey, I had to run out and do whatever. Um, I'll see you later tonight. She goes and does the interview. It goes great. She's probably going to get the job. I'll call you later. Uh, I'll call you tomorrow, whatever. She comes back. 
he's not there. And uh, there was, I don't know what, she hears a sound or something. The basement door is cracked open. Of course it is. So she goes into the basement. The door closes behind her. You never go into the basement. Never gone. She left her phone on the table. Uh, uh, You know what? We're going to take a brief pause here. I went on my first work trip when I was working at the company that was based in D.C. They put us up in an Airbnb. Yeah, I remember you told me about that. There were four of us. Um, I was the place I was convinced was haunted. Uh, We were leaving the final day. We were all we were all waiting in the living room for everybody to come down. Everybody came down. We were about to leave, and we hear a we hear creaking sounds coming from the basement, and then we hear the door from the basement open, and we all went nope and we left and that's what you do you leave <laughs> oh by the way important detail i forgot in the in this synopsis in the morning when she goes out to her car mm-hmm. when, when she came in she drove through you didn't see a single house like i said except for the one down in the distance under the street light mm-hmm. in the morning there's a million houses on this street all burned out decrepit broken no one lives on the street okay but you didn't see any of that when she drove in at night because it was dark or because it wasn't there? Tomato, tomato. <laughs> Go on. I got to hear where the rest of this goes. So she goes into the basement. She left her phone on the table. Sure. The door closes. She can't get the door open in the ba- from the basement. Mm-hmm. She can't get the window open to climb out. She can see out to the front street. She's freaking out, but there's nothing actually weird happening down there. Whatever, she's just hoping that Bill Skarsgård comes home so that she can call up to him. She's looking around the basement. She sees there's this weird rope. And it's attached to a hole in the wall and she pulls it open. Okay. Pitch black down this tunnel. Mm -hmm. Naturally. Naturally. She puts a mirror. She's finagled it so that she's reflecting the light from the one light in the basement to see like five feet into the tunnel okay she creeps down the tunnel this door on the left she goes in the best phrase i can use trigger warning but it's a it's a rape room right sure uh blood splatter on the wall bucket at the end of a rickety bed ancient camera tripod set up okay so she runs back out of there Mm -hmm. and you know predictably um you know pretty terrified of the situation Try to get out, can't get out, all that fun stuff. Um, and uh, eventually he comes home and he's, she's banging on the, the window. So he comes to the window. She, he, she's like, I can't fit out of the window. Yeah, they get it open together because it's one of those ones that like, it doesn't like go up and down. It like kind of like pivots. Uh-huh. So there's not enough room for a person to climb out of. Mm-hmm. So she hands him the key to the front door. So he comes in, he gets her out of the basement. She tells her, listen, I found this fucked up room. Don't know what's going on. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. He's like, yeah, listen, you sound a little crazy. Let's calm down. I'm sure it's not what you think. All that fun stuff that happens. Blah, blah, blah. She's, you know, oh my God. He goes, I'm, listen, I'm going to go down there. Let's go down and take a look. See what's there. I'm sure it's not. Just leave. She's like, I'm going to go. He's like, listen, if you got to go. I get it. I'm going to take a look because I'm sure it's not that bad. <laughs> so she's going to go. He's going to go downstairs. She doesn't go. He goes downstairs. He doesn't come back. 
he doesn't come back. Yeah. <laughs> so she goes to the door. First smart thing she does the whole thing. She props a chair in front of the door. Smart move. First it's time she's done something It's a smart. big play. That's <laughs> first time she's done something smart in the whole movie. <laughs> she goes downstairs. She's calling to him. Faintly can hear him in the distance. So she goes and she finds out that that hallway doesn't end at the rape room. That the, the hallway goes further. And there's a staircase down deeper. Oh God. She goes down there. She's calling to him very loudly, which I wouldn't be doing if I, you know, whatever. She's mm-hmm. got a flashlight on her phone. His voice getting a little louder. She finds him. He's terribly panicked. She's like, what are you doing down here? Yep. Blah, blah, blah. He's like, shut, shut the fuck up. And she's like, I don't understand. What do you, he's like, oh my God. there's something else down here. It bit me. Mm. She's like, what are you talking about? Please tell me. Justin Long bit him. Regretfully not. Ah, so close. And then you hear footsteps, footsteps, footsteps. Because so so far there's only been two characters in this movie. I know he's in it. (laughs) Footsteps, 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 footsteps. Terrible, disgusting, hasn't seen the light of day for 30 years. Naked woman grabs him by the head, smashes him to death against the wall. The two of them, her and this other, and the main character, lock eyes, cut to black. Wait, 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 yep. sorry, sorry. The, wait, who, who bashed whose head in? Exactly. This disgusting woman who is yeah. butt-ass naked comes running up from behind him in the tunnel, bashes the scars guard. Okay. Undetermined what happens to the other girl. Cut to black, Justin Long driving down the California coastline, listening to music in his convertible. He's a actor who's, it seems like is probably a fail son. Okay. Um, he's got a pilot that he's waiting to see if it gets picked up. He's accused of sexual impropriety by a co-star. The pilot's not going to get picked up. He's got lawsuits coming against him. So he's got to figure out what his next steps are. Turns out that he's invested in some properties. He owns a couple of things in Michigan. Okay, he's going to lay low. Goes back to Michigan. He's going to live in the house that he's been renting out oh via Airbnb. He, go, he shows up. Ah, oh, this is weird. There's a bunch of stuff here. And someone propped open the basement door and there's a light on down there. Well, I'm sure that's not weird or anything, but oh he God. calls his booking agent, whatever, who works for him ostensibly. Whose stuff is here? Like, there are people staying here? And they're like, no, we haven't had anyone staying there in a couple of weeks. So all their stuff is here. He goes out on the town. You know, his old buddy from back home is, you know, so did you do it or did you not do it? All that fun stuff. We find out Justin looks a real piece of shit. Oh, God. Because, you know, he plays the denial, denial, denial game. And then when he's talking to his buddy, it's like he hit him with the old family guy, Sean Connery. 50 no's and a yes is still a yes. Mm-hmm. It's gross. Just generally gross behavior. Yep. Um, so he starts hearing weird sounds. He thinks that there's someone in the house. He goes downstairs. The basement door closes. Amazing. <laughs> he goes down the tunnel. Oh, wait, no, sorry. He, there was, a, there was an intervening step between all of that. He had, he, he, when he finds out that there's a, uh, the secret passage in the basement, he realizes that he can exploit the additional square footage to charge more for his Airbnb. So he gets a <laughs> doesn't care about the rape room. Right. There's an extra bed. 
<laughs> he gets a uh, a tape measure, and he's now he's measuring to find out what the extra square footage is, so he can. Increase. This is the first thing that comes to his mind. Is to, yes. Okay, got it. Well, because his financial planner told him he's got like three months until he's like insolvent. You know. Okay. So <laughs> he goes through all. This. Okay, I, th- this portion of the storyline in the trailer is coming back to me too. Yeah, I had, I don't remember Bill Skarsgård being in the trailer. Okay. Um. So he goes through this whole thing. He's measuring whatever. He finds out there's so much more tunnel than he thought. This is a boon to his, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> his, uh, and you know, pay no attention to those cages over there. Um, my God. Yeah. <laughs> deeper and deeper into the thing until there's a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel and some noises. He walks in and there's a room with a television playing something from charitably, let's call it the 1980s. Okay. And it was teaching a woman how to breastfeed their child for the first time. Okay. Uh, and then the tape measure gets yanked out of his hand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he gets all twisted up. His flashlight, you know, is now flashing, strobing instead of yep. working properly. You know, classic horror movie tropes. Mm-hmm. Um, and he gets accosted by the disgusting woman. And he gets subdued and dragged and dumped into a pit, which has a grate on top of it. And he's next to the girl from the beginning of the movie. Um, And she's like, shut the fuck up. Just be quiet. And he's like, how long have you been down here? And she's like, I I don't know. Oh, my God. (laughs) Um, She's like, but all I know is that if you piss her off, that's when things get bad. Just be quiet. Um. And then she start the disgusting woman starts putting a bottle down for them to feed. Yeah, yeah. this is where it stops getting intriguing and, and it just like leans into disgusting, atmospheric and thrillerish into the disgusting, terrible, like comically bad horror part mm-hmm. of the movie. For when it fades to black and Bill Skarsgård dies, is the end of the movie being any sort of interesting or good? Unfortunately. Okay. So yeah, she just wants to be a mom. Is what it okay. turns out. Okay. She's trying to breastfeed the the well, sorry, she's trying to bottle feed them, and Justin Long refuses. The girl accepts. So Justin Long is then dragged back out to be breastfed by the disgusting woman. Which was disgusting. But the girl from the beginning escapes. She okay. runs she runs out of there. Um and I don't remember if it was right before this or right after this, we get a flashback scene to You're a Kingsman, the first yeah. one. Mm-hmm. The creepy guy who drugs them when they're supposed to go seduce someone at a club. It's been a couple of things. He always plays a creepy guy, British guy. Okay. So he plays a creepy guy in the 1980s in the suburbs of Detroit. And uh, he's doing a very Dexter esque job of buying plastic sheets and other oddities at mm-hmm. the supermarket. Um, and then he comes back to his house and you hear everyone's moving out of the neighborhood because we've all been laid off and all that, you know, classic, you know, Rust Belt type of stuff, which, you know, is a real thing. Um, and, uh, it's that house that he lived in when it was more idyllic. Okay. 40 years ago. And uh, so she escapes and she, the disgusting woman hears her escaping and she chases her. She breaks the window in the basement, crawls out, just barely gets out. Oh, the, when she'd come back after the first night, after, <laughs> after the interview, there was this guy down the street who was like running down towards her and like screaming at her. And you think he's like a crazy homeless guy who's going to attack her and she barely gets in the door and locks it for herself. That guy helps drag her out of the basement 
Mm. So he was actually trying to warn her not to go back in there. Gotcha. Classic twist. Yeah. Um, and he's like, we need to get you out of here. Don't go anywhere near here. Anytime at dark, she comes out. Oh, my God. Yeah. So he knows the deal. She comes out. Yeah. He's like, she comes out. You don't want to be here. He goes, I live down here by the water. I've been more or less okay over there. More. Why have you not moved? He's homeless. Oh, okay. He actually is homeless. I thought you said like this. Oh, okay. Got it. No, it seemed like a homeless crazy guy who was going to attack her. It's, he was trying to warn her. Okay. He is homeless. He lives in like a one of these burned out of building houses down by the water. Okay. Like down the road. And um, so he kind of gives her the very short story. Yeah. She's down there. It's weird. It's, this is a terrible place. Leave. Don't ever come back. There's no reason for you to be here. Whatever you think is in that house, you don't want to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. And she's like, there's an innocent person down there. He goes, it's too late for him. Just go. Yeah. <laughs> Just go. She, so she doesn't go oh, <laughs> because she's God. fucking stupid. <laughs> she, uh, oh, wait, no, sorry. She does leave briefly. She goes to a gas station. She calls the cops. The cops treat her like she's a crackhead. Mm-hmm. She's like, I, I have been abducted. And I've been missing for, I don't know how long, weeks, I guess. And they're like, what do you mean? Like, she clearly looks like she's been manhandled. But I, I can understand if they thought maybe she was on drugs. She's a little mm-hmm. delirious. So they take her back to the house and they're like, it's, first of all, it's the only functional house in this entire burned out neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. They're just generally shitty to her. They're like, the only evidence we have here is, is that you vandalized this house. Mm-hmm. Because there's the broken window. And they just up and leave her because apparently no. they have better things to do. Oh my god. Oh she my goes god. back in to get her no. phone and keys. Well, to be fair, she couldn't leave. She needed her car keys. Alright. She goes back in to get the car keys and then also to try to save him, I guess, maybe? But then she goes back out to leave and the crazy, disgusting woman comes back out because it's now dusk. Okay. And she rams him, rams her up against the building with the car. Yeah. Wait, who rams who? The normal girl rams the disgusting woman against okay. the house. Yeah. Meanwhile, Justin Long has now realized that she's been gone for a while, has found his way out, and he's Oh no, sorry, he had been he had he had escaped and she was chasing him down, but he gets to this door at the end of this tunnel and she backs away, and that's when she hears what's her name out there and she goes to go try and get her. So he's left alone to his own devices for a little while. He goes into the room and the weird guy from the flashback is on the brink of death on this bed. Okay. And he like basically doesn't speak English at this point. I guess he probably hasn't spoken in years. Mm-hmm. He's trying to like signal something to Justin Long. He's like, I don't know what you want from me exactly. He uh-huh. gives him some water and he's like, I don't really want the water. And it's like, oh, well, I don't know what to do for you. So he goes around and there's a TV. There's a million videotapes up around. He starts putting the tapes in there and realizes that this dude's been kidnapping and raping women for decades and uh you know just constant situation of incest and all that fun stuff jesus christ yeah so this is like her daughter his daughter or granddaughter who knows this disgusting woman who's down there right oh my god yeah and justin Flong's like oh god yeah and uh the guy pulls out a gun and he's like what do i do here exactly and then the guy kills himself for i'm not entirely sure what reason Um, i think he was on the brink of death i think he just wants to end it Okay. Um, so Justin Long takes the gun, goes out, and then accidentally shoots the girl from the beginning. Oh my god. Because he thinks she's the disgusting one. Which, fair enough, because it's pitch black in there. Mm-hmm. Realizes what he did was wrong. He's like, oh my god, I have, I have to save you. He's like, 
trying to turn over a new leaf. He's like, I've done so many terrible things. Like, I have to try and do one thing right. He drags her out. They get out to the car. Of course, she's no longer pinned against the building. She's gone missing. Mm-hmm. The disgusting woman. Um, they start walking down the street. The car won't start. You know, all those yep. fun things. And they find the homeless guy. The homeless guy brings him into their his little sanctuary. The fence around it. They're inside of like a concrete building. They're like, we need to get her help. He's like, I, I accidentally shot her. I got to make this right. All that stuff. He's like, she's either going to survive or she's not going to survive the night because yeah. we can't go walking out in the street in the middle of the night because she will, she will kill us all. <laughs> um, if she's here in the morning, we'll go get her help. She'll be fine. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. Come on. How bad could it be? Like, listen, you don't understand. You don't want to get involved with all that as she bursts through the concrete wall directly behind him. Amazing. <laughs> There's Amazing. a struggle. He's She's behind him. She's pinned his arm down. And she's holding him from behind. She tears his arm off. Yes. At the shoulder. Yes. Now, I'm laughing at this point. Yeah, Because, like, what? Mm-hmm. Beats him to death with his own arm. Yes. Justin Long and they're at like there's like the water treatment plants. Justin Long and the and the other girl are trying to climb to the top of the tower because that's the best way to. Right, you gotta go out. Yeah, um, spiral staircase, all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, they they get to the top, and she's like, like "Take out the gun, shooter." He's like, "Oh yeah, you're right." Takes out the gun, drops oh my it god. off the thing. Oh my god! I knew we. I knew what you were gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> it hurts. So okay. she's she's coming up. Mm-hmm. Justin Long turning over the new leaf saying how he didn't want to do anything wrong bad anymore like he really did he had a come to Jesus moment it lasted for 90 seconds perfect um, he's like we can't escape but I can and he throws her off the thing because the disgusting woman just wanted to care for someone and so the disgusting woman follows her off the ledge to try and save her as they're both falling oh my god they both hit the ground at the bottom uh huh it, no joke. It's it's an excessive 50 feet. Uh-huh. So Justin Long walks back down. Oh my god, it's so sad. The girl from the beginning is still alive. Uh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, I didn't I didn't want to do that, but well, you're still alive, so let's see if we can uh Oh my god. And the d- disgusting woman pops up, of course, again, and um grabs him and gives him the viper treatment via the mountain gouges his eyes out with her fingers okay and then with the leverage involved with having her thumbs inside of his skull peeled his head in half perfect yeah perfect and then the girl from the beginning shoots her in the head okay so she gets out yeah good for her stupidest fucking movie i've ever seen yeah it's really bad yeah, it was. that's uh that was just like, extremely entertaining for me though yeah in in a 10 minute version sure yeah, I also feel like I very vividly like conceptualize everything that happened the way you could like see it yeah, in I your mind's eye. It's, it's wonderful. Uh, I'm so glad that you watched that. I'm so glad that I didn't watch that. Yeah, I'm uh, glad that you didn't watch it either. I wouldn't ever subject you to that. I was doing it in this form because we're not doing it for the show. Yeah, I can't. I can't remember it. You watched Tusk. No, I did you mention it that Tusk. night though because John's friend was like. Like, oh, yeah, Justin Long, whatever. I was like, yeah, no, like he was a comedic actor for like 15 years, and then he decided to do terrible horror, oh horror movies for some reason. And I mentioned Tusk, and she hadn't been aware of that. I was like, well, if you like terrible horror movies, go watch that, I guess. Please. 
Can you guys just watch that and then let me know? I don't want to watch that. I never wanted to now. No, I never wanted to. But the fact that you watched this, I think you would really enjoy Tusk. I didn't know it was going to be as bad as Tusk. I didn't like this movie. It was terrible. I'm so bad no, I, I watched it. I know, but I feel like compared to this, Tusk is fantastic. I, I, just, I, doubt, I doubt it. You got to watch it now. You got to watch it. You know what? I kind of want to watch Tusk with you. I don't want to we'll, watch it, though. We're going to make that happen one day. I feel like I only have one terrible horror movie a year in my, my quota. Well, it won't be this year. Okay. But we'll watch it together. Because I, I own it, and I've only watched it once, and I feel like I'd like to watch it again. That feels like more than... The thing is, there's actually, there, is, there are actually some good performances in it, too. Sure. Oh, man. Bill guard was great in this movie. It was fucking awful, though. Oh, my God. That's a, that's, this is great. This is just I got crazy. mad at him. We, we just did John Wick a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I got mad at Bill Skarsgård. <laughs> I was like, you are too deep in your, in your career to do this movie. You are Who's, an established actor. Who like, else I failed you? I understand if this was like the first feature role you got, I get it. But you are already a well-regarded actor who's done really good things in really big movies. Why would you ever do this movie? It's fucking awful. Oh my god. I was mad at him. That's fair. That's fair. All right. We uh this episode's getting a little long in the tooth. I'm gonna run through real quickly some quick consumption on my part before we, we bounce into our our uh our flick. So first things first, Kim and I got just we just got sucked into the show Outer Banks. Why? I don't know. I've heard it's dreadful. I think Kim had said that she had heard that it was good. We put it on. I've heard it's entertaining hooked. but terrible. Yes. It's exactly what it is. Okay. Um, and I, all I want to do is finish is, is keep watching it. It, it. It's it is bad, but it's also it is entertaining. It's potato chips. It's potato chips. It's so bad for you, but you just keep eating. Oh yeah, so good, so bad, so good. Yeah. Uh, so hooked on that, hooked on that absolute nonsense. Um, when we were we went away, so I got two in-flight movies in. I am nice. happy to report both movies came back as eights. Okay. On a plane. Plane eights. Plane eights. Okay. Plane eights. Uh, the first of which was the Darjeeling Express, which is I actually I don't know that I even knew about this movie. The Darjeeling Express or the Darjeeling Limited. Limited. Sorry, the Darjeeling Limited. Yeah, you texted me that the other day, and I meant to follow up, and I forgot to. The the Wes Anderson you. movie, right? Yeah, uh, did not know about that one. Just I never saw it, but I'm aware of it. Typical Wes Anderson hijinks. You got uh, a new one coming out, Asteroid City. Something, yeah. I uh, I don't. Know. I really enjoyed it. Very silly, like uh, deep. There's like, it's like a snapshot of like like it, it, it takes place over like a short period of time, but there's a lot of history between the characters. They're all brothers, and like. You're like kind of you're starting in the middle. You're getting a little bit of a taste of like how they got to where they are and where they're going. And I don't know if it's just it's it's whimsical. It's fun. It's, it's one I've wanted to get to for a long time. Just haven't got there. Yet. Yeah, it's uh, it's worth it, it's worth it. It's it was a very entertaining movie. Um, and I would happily do that on the show if you watch it. Okay. Uh, and then the next one was in Bruges, which I had never seen before. Oh, I right. had always wanted to watch it. I Mar- Martin actually, McDonough. Yeah, I went to watch it, and I never did. Um, Did you like it more or less than uh, the Irish one we just watched last year? Or earlier what? this year? What was the one we watched? The one with Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson. Oh, oh, oh the, uh, um, yeah. So three movie? of them did both those movies. What was that movie called? I can't remember. Anyway, uh, I liked it. Banshees. Banshees of Inisherin. Banshees of Inisherin. Um I think I like it more than that. Like, well, not like I don't know. I don't know. It's a hard to say. It's a very different experience. 
This one is a little bit more. They're both. Well, this one is 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 I feel like more easily identifiable as a dark comedy. Yes. Um, where the other one is like, I don't know what this movie is. It makes me feel things at different times. Um, but they're both Brood, pretty depressing. But yeah, I think it, there is definitely more of a comedic bent. There's a lot of laughs to be had in Bruges, and the way the way that the. <laughs> Ridic- way, ridiculous performance Rafe Fiennes. Bon- oh my, so ridiculous. Like, also, just what a what a pleasure to introduce him in the third act. Yeah. Like, just, uh, and, like, his absolute, his whole thing about honor, and, like, he, he, he's just, it was just so funny. Okay, so, they, the movie is, is actually very, this has got some very silly moments. It's, a, it's extremely dark. It's extraordinarily dark, like, yes. what's actually happening with the lead characters. But, there is one particular thing that, I was I was laughing out loud on the plane, and it was there in Bruges, and uh, Brendan Gleeson wants to go to the top of this tower, mm-hmm. and Colin Farrell's like, "I'm not doing that." He's like, "Okay, I'm I'm doing it." So he sits down. Uh, three heavy set Americans come over, and they stand directly in front of Colin Farrell, and he's like, obviously annoyed. He's like, "Why are you standing right in front of me?" And then they're like, "Have you been to the top?" And he goes, "Yeah, it's not worth it." And they're like. The travel guide says it's a must-see. And he goes, well, you're not going to go up there, are you? And they're like, what's that supposed to mean? And he's like, he doesn't really, he's a little bit wishy-washy. And he's like, he's like, you know, it's just it's just a bit windy is all I'm saying. And he <laughs> goes, what are you trying to say? And he goes, what am I trying to say? You're a fucking elephant. <laughs> and he, the guy goes, what? And he goes to swing at him. And he just like kind of casually gets up. And keeps sidestepping the guy trying to attack him. And he's like, come on, buddy. He's like, just, he's just, just stop, just stop. And eventually the guy gets winded and stops coming after him. And they're walking towards the, uh, towards the tower. And the girl turns around. She's like, you're, you're just about the rudest man I've ever met. And Brendan Gleeson comes out of there. <laughs> the three of them are walking towards where he just came out of. He goes, you're not going up there, are you? <laughs> And the guy goes, what? He's like, it's just a bit narrow is all I'm saying. <laughs> and I was like, like they both, were, they said it like they, it was like very matter of fact. They weren't actually being, and they were actually being nice to a degree. Like, even if it like wasn't the nicest thing to say, like they were like, it was, they were kind of looking out for them. Yeah. It was so funny. They call this back at the end of the movie when Brendan Gleeson and Ray Fiennes are trying to go to the top of the tower um, to, kind of finish their business and the guy that keeps guard and like lets people in he's like tower's closed Brendan Gleeson's like it doesn't close until seven he's like doesn't close until seven normally but an American went up there earlier today and had a heart attack (laughs) 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 it just killed me it's just like they're like little things like like that that type of dialogue and like that delivery that's been going on that's what made the movie so entertaining but it is it's also so so heavy yeah and gross but like it's it's a very it's a it's a bizarre film um but i enjoyed it i enjoyed watching it yeah i didn't hate it but like i don't know people like adore that movie and i liked it it was, i thought it was fine oh they did another they had another callback bit where it was um if somebody somebody comes at you with a bottle and, and you can shoot them that's just self defense and it's like a the bottle can be a deadly weapon it's like Brendan Gleeson goes, yeah. He's like, that's right. He's like, it is. He's like, well, I guess hands could also be considered a deadly weapon. And he goes, what? Like if the guy knows karate? <laughs> and he's like, 
No, it's I mean, he's like, you know, I, I I guess he's like, the guy didn't know karate. He's like, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying hands can be hit. And he's like, why are you bringing up guys knowing karate while I'm talking about bottles and guns? And I'm like, it's just this bickering that goes back and forth. Like, maybe 20 minutes later, there's a scene where they're in, uh, Colin Farrell's in a restaurant with a date, and she goes um, to the bathroom, and this table next to them starts complaining because she's blowing smoke in their face, and he's getting annoyed. He ends up decking the guy in the face, and the the woman that he's with goes to swing at him, and he just avoids her, and then she grabs a bottle, and he... Goes to swing it at him. He goes, bottle! And he punches her in the face. And he goes, it's self-defense. She had a bottle. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. It's just, I love love that. Like, they they just, like, kind of created, like, this little rule and executed it so well. A lot Uh, of the details of that movie didn't really stick with me necessarily. There's only, like, some very specific things. I guess maybe it's more towards the end. Like, the reveal as to what Colin Farrell so down on because they tease it out in yeah. the course of the movie that that was really well done mm-hmm. and all the scenes with Rafe Fiennes were were pretty damn good and, and when <laughs> when Brendan Gleeson finally like comes to his like why if you're planning on killing him I'm like why did you send him here and he's basically just like I don't know it's just a it's a wonderful city I wanted him to do yeah. something nice before he died <laughs> I don't know why that stuck with me <laughs> yeah oh that was ridiculous so ridiculous. Yeah. Anyway, that's it for consumption, I think, unless you have anything more to add. Um, the only thing I have is just like a, an, an eye towards the future. Because uh, in the last couple of days, I just saw like a bunch of things that are debuting within the next week or two. Mm. Um, we have the the final Henry Cavill season of The Witcher yep. uh, is, uh, I guess, this weekend, maybe? it's Oh, is it that drops? soon? I didn't even realize it. I think started. it's like the 18th. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. Um, so... That's season three of The Witcher. Uh, I saw that like four days ago, and I was like, "Fuck!" I was planning on rewatching the first two seasons. Mm. It's not going to happen, so I'm not no. even going to bother trying. No, it's a little disappointing. Time. I wanted to. I thought I had like months until it yeah. came out, and instead, yeah, I, I just I kind like, of assumed like end of the year. Yeah, I don't know why I thought it was like September. Yeah, I was like, "Fuck!" I thought I had so much time to do that. Now I have no time. Mm-hmm. So I guess I'm just going to have to wing it. I mean, like, I remember more or less what happened, but I, I, I genuinely enjoyed the first two seasons. Like, yeah, I, wa- I wanted to, to retackle it and refresh myself because it's been, like, three years or yeah. something like that since it last season ran. Um, Dial Destiny is out later this month. Um, Isn't that out already? Um, no. Oh. I think it's, like, the 26th or 24th or something like that. Um, it, it showed... 30th. The thirtieth, well, one of those days. It, I think it. They sh- they showed it at con. Oh, okay, that's why the it's, reviews came out. Yeah, so the reviews did not did not perform well. Yeah, that it seems to be the case. Yeah. Although I haven't okay. really seen anything like concrete. Are, yeah, I read like yeah. two reviews that were like from like good sites that I trust and I'm like. Yeah, there's 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 a there's a strong chance that this is like a, a last Jedi situation. So we'll see. The thing is, like, b- both of them were negative, but not even, like, it just felt like they didn't know what to do with it. Mm. it. Like, it didn't feel like there was even strong, like, I hated it because X, Y, or Z. Like, whether those reasons were valid, it just felt like they didn't know what to do with the, with the movie. Yeah. Which, fair enough, maybe it's a clunky movie. And, like, yeah. that's, they just didn't have a, 
like an effective way to say that that mm-hmm. wasn't that one sentence because you can't make a review out of that one sentence. Right. Um, I don't. I I still would like to see it. Same. Um, the Flash. I I'm might, di- I really want to see the Flash. Well, that's still like a month away. That's okay. July, right? I don't know. I thought it was July, <laughs> but I could be wrong. Um, I know that's like they've been doing a lot of ads lately, but I thought it was like a month from now. It's out. Uh, Friday. Oh, I thought it was like a month from now. June sixteenth. Oh, maybe I thought it was July sixteenth for some reason. But there's there. I think there's one other thing that's coming out, like a, a show. But I don't remember what now. Those are the two things I've written down. I saw something the other day that was like, "There's for Spider-Verse sure." Spider Verse is out. Also, we have to see that. Well, that was out last weekend, which yeah. I I do want to see that very much. It's getting rave rave reviews. Yeah. Um, and we we both really liked the first one. So, so good, so good. I definitely want to see that. I just I wasn't definitely not going to yeah. do it this weekend, and I'm not sure about this coming weekend. So. Um, Fair. But uh, no, I feel like there's one other show because I remember like it, it struck me the other day. I was like, oh wow, there's like all of a sudden like. Like just a whole dump of things coming mm. out in the next couple of weeks, but uh, yeah, I don't know. it was just kind of an idle cool. feature that we're we're yeah, in a moment stuff. here. We, had, we a couple weeks coming. ago we had a whole bunch of things in, and we got a whole bunch of things kicking off now, which is coming. Yeah, so. very nice, uh, sweet. Well, I think with that, it's time for us to get into our flick of the week: Dungeons and Dragons. Honor Among Thieves, released in 2023, rated PG-13 with a two-hour and 14-minute runtime. Your IMDb synopsis. A charming thief and a band of unlikely adventurers embark on an epic quest to retrieve a lost relic, but things go dangerously awry when they run afoul of the wrong people. Is that what happened? They ran, sorry, they ran awry... When they run foul, <laughs> things go dangerously awry when they run afoul of the wrong people. I mean, yeah, kind of. I guess that's. I guess that's what happened. By the vaguest definition, yeah, sure. All, right. all, all I know is that uh, the advertising materials, the synopsis here, nothing's doing this movie justice. This movie is really entertaining. It was pretty poorly marketed because it was only like at like the time that it was fully in theaters where I even had the slightest inkling of like, I might want to watch that, but I'm just not going to go to theater to watch it. Yeah. Why don't you give me your, uh, your toot length? A fun romp in a classic fantasy setting with a cast that has strong chemistry. You can't ask for very much more if you are not a diehard adherent of the source material. 6.5. Yeah. I was much more generous. Wonderfully whimsical and incredibly imaginative, D&D Honor Among Thieves is an instant classic. 8 out of 10. Oh, okay. I mean, it's a fun movie. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Like, it's not like a great movie. No, but, but it's a fun movie. Like, It's, it's, it's very got its, fun. It's got its flaws and some of it's a little bit formulaic, but for sure, they just have so much fun doing it that like you can't help but have fun with them. So like, I wasn't going to give them a crazy high... Yeah, no, that's, and that's that's totally fair. All Great I could, it, but... at, at every every moment watching that movie, all I could think was like, man, if I saw this like when I was like twelve, I would have rewatched this movie like a million times. It would have been like one of my all time favorites. Like it would have yeah. been a thing that I would like, like a Princess Bride. Like it would have been something like that that I want. Like I love the setting, I love the characters, I love what's going on. Like I would have watched it over and over and over again. The weird I, thing is, like the CGI in this movie, some of it looks like it came out when we were twelve, mm-hmm. but also some of it looked like it came out now, which is weird. Um, Very strange when that happens. Honestly, like I'd rather it all be bad. It's less jarring. 
consistency has its benefits. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I don't know. I, like I've weird. I've realized there's a, I have a, I've reached a weird barometer. Um, if I watch a movie that has Chris Pine in it, mm-hmm. if he looks like he's having fun, I will have fun. Yeah. <laughs> no, that is so fun. I can't, I'm so glad you said that. I don't like Chris Pine. Like, I feel like all, like all in all, it's like one of the, it's a Bethesda thing where I was like, I thought I liked him. And I was like, no, I like this movie that he was in. Oh, I don't think I actually like him. He seems to bother me in everything he's in. And then I watched this. I was like, huh, I don't hate Chris Pine in this. I really don't hate Chris Pine doing his best Jason Bateman. I like Chris Pine. I don't think he's necessarily like a great actor. I don't think he's a bad actor. I think he's fine. Mm. Um, I like him, but I think I've realized now, because I haven't seen him in a ton of things, but I've seen him in enough things to realize that he will do enough with whatever you give him. Mm-hmm. You give him crap, he'll dress up the crap a little bit. And if you give him something great, like he'll do a good job with it. Like he's yeah. not gonna like super elevate any material. Mm-hmm. But my thesis on him actually came out very incidentally the other day, because I caught the second half of Horrible Bosses 2. And he's having mm-hmm. so much fun in them. Yeah. And that's when it kind of clicked for me. It wasn't when I first watched this movie, but it clicked for me, like having watched that, thinking about it through the lens of we're doing it for this week's episode. Mm-hmm. I was watching that movie, was it last night or two nights ago? I think it was two nights ago. And I was like, oh, when he's having fun, I end up having fun along with him. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, the first thing I ever saw him in was my, my, my sister was of the right age when the, um, you remember the Princess Diaries movies? She was young when those came out. Anne Hathaway. Diaries. Anne yeah. Hathaway's first like starring role. Yeah. It's a Disney stuff. He was um, in that? He was in the second one. Huh. I saw those movies a few times because she watched it a ton as a kid. Okay. And he was not anything special. I really didn't think anything of him. I've only saw the first of the Star Trek movies. I never saw the second or third one. Okay. Horrible Bosses 2. I watched i don't we didn't do it for the show i know i mentioned it on the show the amazon movie that came out a year or two ago uh was all the old knives yeah we didn't do i i liked him in that not to say that he was necessarily having fun but it's actually really the only thing i ever saw him in that he like did a performance in like Mm. dramatically (laughs) where it's like oh okay and then the first wonder woman he looked like he's having fun and I had fun for most of that movie. Mm-hmm. He didn't really think he was having fun in the second one. and I Nobody had fun with the second one. Yeah, and I didn't really enjoy that one. No, it was just a bad movie. I think Chris and Wig might have had fun in that. No, Pedro Pascal, Pascal had a good, he great definitely time in that movie. But, but Pedro think... Pascal is only always having fun. Like, <laughs> Well, he's only always giving his all. I've never seen yeah. a male performance in That's true. That way. Yeah. Because um, I don't think he was having a ton of fun in The Last of Us, but he's doing tremendous work. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but anyway, my thesis is if Chris Pine's having fun, I'm having this fun. This means war. Didn't we, didn't you watch that? Cause never didn't we saw do it. that. I, I thought we saw that on the show. No, I never saw that one. I've heard good things. And that's from the, movie. from the trailer, it looks like he's having yeah, fun. It was, it was entertaining. Okay. So that's fair. If Chris Pine is in a role where he can have fun. Yes. Then it'll, yeah. Okay. That's good. That's good. But I think you're right. I think it's more about like, if you're giving him this, like, brooding blah character then that's what he's going to give you yeah if he's if you're giving him this this funny like charming character then that's what he's looking so i all in all then i guess good actor 
<laughs> Solid. Right, and, like, and actually, I, and I don't know too much. You'd have to look more into it because I, I remember hearing about this a few years ago. He's a, a, the type of success story that you should root for. He seems like a really good guy in real mm, life. He cool. was a guy who like worked his way up from the bottom. Like he was like not like a star in the like in the making. Like he worked shit jobs. Okay. Like on like crew of Hollywood before becoming an actor. Cool. And it's like stayed like a grounded regular dude from what I, I understand. That. So he's the type of guy you want to root for. Just a workman type of actor from yeah. what I understand. And you know, maybe that's not true, but that, that's what I've heard. So nice. Um, yeah, there's a, a, a long, weird intro into this, but basically yeah. fun movie is dumb. There's yeah, some dumb in this. Oh, movie. it's so dumb. It's, but it's so dumb in the best way. And like, yeah. I, like really like I I'm not I always loved the concept of D and I've only gotten to play like one or two times in my life. I just, really would love to play more. Brandish and I. <laughs> and I. I but like from from what I can tell, they also they do a pretty good job of like really sticking to certain tropes and like making it really feel like a D like just to think about like the the, the opening of the movie and like the his character defending himself in front of this like he's doing a character introduction like he's talk he's telling you who he is which is what you do as a player when you start the game right and like i thought that was just really funny to like yes, to back- use that mechanic oh say hard backstory on character introdu- introduction by way of of prison tribunal yeah which <laughs> is just so funny and every and like re- being really thrown off that jonathan is not there yes and uh every <laughs> Hey, should we just wait? Because I don't want to get into it and then have to restart the story. I was right, a little I'll, worried. I'll I was a little worried during that that it was going to be one of those things where they were going to play that card one too many times. Where it was uh-huh. like, okay, this isn't really funny anymore. This is just kind of flop sweaty. But I think they just towed the line and they needed to do it just to get through it to get to the actual fun. Yep. Which comes like 90 seconds later when Jonathan yeah. shows up. Which was just... I mean, it was so comical. Oh, he goes through this whole heartfelt thing, right? He explains his whole story, which is actually a really, it's actually a pretty great story that yeah. he's, I actually thought it was awesome. And then, <laughs> what is uh, what is Michelle Rodriguez's character name? Uh, Ho- Holga? Holga? And she's like, do you, Holga, do you have anything to add? No. <laughs> and, I was like, this, and he's just like, okay. And then Jonathan walks in and he's like, it's so good to see you, grabs him and dives out the window. And as they're falling out the window, but we were pardoning you. (laughs) (laughs) And and I feel like that sets the tone for the whole movie. Hijinks ensue, literally and metaphorically. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, like, Michelle Rodriguez, I feel like, is doing this really, really funny kind of crossover character that is, is, like, definitely inspired by Drax. It was part Letty from the Fast and Furious movies, yeah. <laughs> and part Drax, <laughs> which is kind of great. Like there's definitely a lot of that, like just taking things at fate, like very like at face value, like literally. Mm-hmm. Which I just thought was nothing would go over my head. I would catch it. Um, <laughs> which I just thought was so funny. The whole introduction to the two to the characters in the cell with this big bad character being in entered the cell you you really don't want to bother her when she's eating her potato it's like the highlight of her day <laughs> oh my god the potato throughout the movie <laughs> potatoes played a, played a pretty significant role throughout but yeah that that was for their relationship i loved their relationship because i feel like a lot of times with um 
with the movies, if like, oh, there's a male and a female character, it's like, well, we have to have some sort of romantic interest between the two of them. But it wasn't like that with their characters. It, and he even calls them like a brother and sister relationship. Like, I liked that, but they didn't, and they didn't change it towards the end. There was just like, well, especially a different kind of love between them. And I just, that was, I, it was just kind of refreshing, like to not have to yeah. do that. Well, especially the, the permutation being that like, they are co-parenting. Yeah. But they are not husband and wife right. or boyfriend and girlfriend, which is not a super common thing, but it felt natural and well executed in this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I enjoyed that. Um, when they escape from this cell and they make their way to uh, wherever, uh, what's his face, his name? Uh, Hugh For, Forge, Hugh Grant's character, who, dude, lately when I've, this guy is just having a blast in his in his career right now, right? Like, I feel like anything that I've seen him in, like, in the past, like, five years or so, like, he's just really enjoying himself. The extension of the Pine thesis is the Grant corollary, where if Hugh Grant is playing someone disgusting and he looks like he's having fun doing it, yeah. I'm going to have fun watching <laughs> yeah. it. And that really... So, like, the sneaky starting point of that is, because the way I think of it is the gentleman on. Uh-huh. But this starts with Cloud Atlas, because he's mm. disgusting in Cloud yeah. Atlas. Yeah, he is. In every role he plays. He plays four different roles in it, and he's disgusting in all of them. Yep. And just, like, chewing up scenery. And, like, I think the most distilled, perfect version of it is The Gentleman. But, mm-hmm. like, this one is an on, like, a, is a, is a, is a, it's a good passing of the baton from that. And I think he's in that new one that came out, the new Richie movie with, with mm-hmm. Statham, Operation Fortune. I think he's in that, too. So I'm assuming okay. it's going to be discussing it yeah, as well. Can't wait. Um, but, yeah, absolutely just having a blast. Yes. Um, the... The red was a red wizard, the the creepy ass character that's with him. Yes, that 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 character in general, like so mysterious, so intriguing, like like, and also like really, really playing into like making you feel weird and uncomfortable, like with like the movements and like the the way that she like delivers. Uh, that, I thought that was really awesome. The dead eyes here. Yeah, when uh when um Edgin and Holga escape though, or well, not escape when they're being. <laughs> When they're taken down into like a hall somewhere and like put there to their knees and they're going to have their heads cut off, the conversation about the axe and where it's from and how to properly take care of it. Yes, like I, I was just, I was hysterical. I was just like, this is just so stupid. Fo- followed up by like Chris Pine, like, what's taking so long? Kill us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then she and like I love it. So like then Holga takes uh obviously takes matters into her own hand, uh, disarms the guy with the axe with by using the stone, which what an incredible choreography. The way that she hits his foot, which makes his head come down, and then she lifts the rock up, which hits him in the head. And I was like, this is just this is just a wonderful dance. There was actually some <laughs> some weirdly excellent fight choreography in some yeah. of these scenes. And all in all, like, and that fight goes on and on and on, and she's just absolutely kicking ass. And in every portion of the scene, somewhere in some corner of the screen, you see Chris Pine just still trying to cut his hand, his ropes. Yeah. He's just, he's like, you got this, right? He's got him. You are, we are so gonna get you. <laughs> it, it's it's funny because. I have to balance like my my Dragon Age knowledge of like where bards are really good fighters mm-hmm. versus 
like what historically in fantasy, like a lot of times they necessarily aren't because <laughs> he's not much of a fighter in this in most of the movie. And like in the Witcher, like, like Yaskier is not really much of a fighter either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, like the Bard is supposed to be more like accessible to all of the things. Yeah. I feel like. But well, it's supposed yeah. to be a jack of all trades, which means like, yeah, like they're not going to go toe to toe with like, yeah. a, like a warrior, but like. I'm a player. They, they can hold their own. Yeah. And like he sometimes struggled to hold his own. <laughs> and what happens if the plan fails? And I make a new plan. So you make new plans plan that fail. fail. <laughs> All right. Plan C. That's just plan A again. Yeah, but plan A's got some stink. <laughs> <laughs> plan D. Isn't plan D plan B? Plan B's got stink on it. <laughs> <laughs> that was like that whole. When they got into a groove towards the end, of, like it, it really was comical. That's what I'm saying. Is like once they got the full group together and they go through their arc of we don't trust each other things seem really low and then we find our inspiration to get back on the horse collectively Mm -hmm. they just take off like the chemistry of the four of them from isn't that though like i mean from my experience so that is kind of the D &D experience i feel like you have to get your footing as a group of people and then all of a sudden you're having a really good time well, also, you know, if you squint, they modeled this after Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, like, that's fair. It's it. If you watch, they go through the same like twists and turns and foibles in the first two acts of this movie, and their scene on the beach when he gives his speech about failing. Uh, it's exactly the same as as yeah. Star Lord's speech in the first one, and they get together on Yondu's ship, and they decide that with twelve percent of the plan, they can take down. Um, Ronan. It's the exact same yeah. beats, which is probably why we like this because it's the same thing: action and comedy, and uh, I just love a bit it. of cheese. That that mixture it, so. is just that is a get us. Give me time. that movie any day, like Absolutely. that type of movie any day. It's Absolutely. fun. Those movies are fun. So fun. A little bit of feel. Yep. A lot of laughs. Success. Yep. Yeah. So the corpse digging. And asking the corpses questions, did a full family guy... I gotta be honest, I, I dozed off a bit for like those like eight minutes. Uh, and that's and that's fair. They did it once, and I thought it was funny, and then they were clearly going to keep doing it, and I was like, oh my god. But the reasons that they had to keep doing it got more and more funny. I remember that they were going to wake up corpses, I don't remember the scene of that. So, okay. So the first corpse they wake up, alright, we have five questions, right? Yes. That doesn't count. Does that count? Yes. Damn it. He's like, stop, stop asking questions. Do you, I was like, don't answer. He's like, don't answer any of my questions unless I'm addressing you. Okay? Yes. And he just collapses. <laughs> and and uh, uh, the the sorcerer that's with him, he's like, why did you say, why, why did you make him answer that? Like, why did you do that? So they dig up another one. They start asking questions. They're trying to find the helmet. And who had it last? And like, so they like they got up to one where like they they seemed like they were really on track to find out where the helmet was. And it's like, yeah. And then like he handed me the helmet and told me to guard this with my life. And that's all I remember. And he's like, <laughs> in this flashback, they show you the guy get cut in half. And Chris Pine, they only ask him like two questions at this point. And Chris Pine <laughs> lifts the rest of the of the like the um the coffin up and sees that it's only the top half of his body and realizes that he's the guy that got cut in half. Yeah. And that's why he has never and he's like, okay. And he just starts walking away and he's like, 
um, still alive. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, so he starts asking like more, just a, like throws a couple random questions at him to make him collapse again. And like, they keep going further and further and they open one, they finally get a name. So then they find the, per- like the person of that name, they open it up. The guy starts talking, explaining to them, like his situation. It was the day of the battle. I like, how did you die? It's the day of the battle. I got out of the tub and, um, I remember because I got out of the tub and I slipped and I fell and I hit my head on the tub. And it's like very, it's very uh, violent the way that it happens. Like it happens so fast. He gets out of the tub, he slips, slams the back of his head in the tub. And he's like, okay. And then you went into battle. He's like, no, I died. And he goes, oh, Christ. And he's like, and he just walks away from that one. <laughs> and he started off and he's like, aren't you this person? Like by this day, he's like, oh, no, I'm so-and-so, that last name. You're looking for my brother. <laughs> and they finally figure out... Um, uh, like who to, who to talk to, and they get their information. But that might have left you with like the weird misunderstanding, like not understanding what was going on in the final credit scene. But they didn't ask the last corpse a fifth question. Okay. And in the credits, he's like, "Hello." <laughs> <laughs> That's it's so ridiculous. But it just went on and on. And I was like, at first, I was like, "Oh no, they're going to do this for too long." But I, then I started, I was just chuckling more and more through it. So I. I- Obviously, I'm kind of hazy around the situation. Was that what led them to Zank, or was Zank with them at that point? That's what led them to Zank. Okay. That's what yeah. I thought, but I wasn't on the The last one was the one that explained that they, he gave it to them. Okay. He gave it to Zank. So, finding that character, and that, like, that was fun, and, like, the mistrust, and all that, and then diving into the... It was very, very much like the scene in, <laughs> with diving into the quicksand, the way that he falls through the hole into the... Uh, into like whatever the dungeon was, diving yeah. into the quicksand in Princess Pratt. I was like, that was it was just like a fun, like I feel like a little nod almost the way that they did that. Uh, but the pudgy dragon, man, the, it was so fat. It was so funny, and they couldn't they couldn't stop commenting on it. Yes, and I think that's what made it really silly. And what I really mm-hmm. liked was I feel like the mechanics of the dragon's fire is something that I had never seen before. Where mm-hmm. like he's actually like hissing out a gas and if it ignites it was fire and like there were certain things that would cause it to ignite we've seen some versions of that that's the way that the game of thrones dragons work i think oh that's cool isn't it like i don't know i just i just remember there's definitely another one where i remember where like they kind of have like a pilot light in their mouth and then basically like exhale gas and it like it like creates like a flamethrower effect mm. as opposed to like, I'm pretty sure in like the Hobbit movies when the dragon, it's just like magical fire that it belches yeah. out, which is like more his, like historically what we think. But I think if I'm remembering correctly, I think it was the game of Thrones dragons where it was kind of like that, where like they, you could see like the jets in their mouth mm. and they kind of like would ignite the way like a flamethrower does where it's got like the pilot light, yeah, and then you eject the gas that that was it. That was cool. I like. I just liked the way that. that or maybe played it was out. Harry Potter. I don't remember. It was one of mm. those. The um, my god, the, the pudgy, the pudgy dragon. The less I heard, I thought this. I thought he was in like whatever this like circle. What did he do? Did he eat it? <laughs> <laughs> also, I loved it. It it exhibited the behavior of a fat dog because mm-hmm. it was so oh. gleeful in. Like yeah. the way that like a dog is like chasing down that you drop some food off the table. Yep, and like keeps falling onto its belly as it's running, like because it, its legs are too short for it. It just looks so overjoyed. Like, mm-hmm. oh, here come the scraps! I'm gonna eat them. 
Yeah. You know what was really silly about that encounter is when, uh, what's his name? Uh, Zed? Zed? Zan? Zank. Zank. When Zank fights all of those like undead people and like, you know, it's like this pretty elaborate choreography and he takes them all down. And then it's like, the problem with the undead is that they don't stay dead. I'm like, why did we just do this then? If all you're going to do is run <laughs> anyway. <laughs> That just to show some cool shit. Yeah, it was, and it was cool. The uh, the ba- was. that battle sequence was pretty awesome. When they get out, first off, that was pretty cool. But the way they 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 went under the water and he ignited the remember that trick that you did at back of the theater. <laughs> he like lights the flame on his oh, fingertip. Yeah. That was pretty cool. But like, when they get back, and <laughs> they uh they they they've gotten what they need, and Zenk is gonna go. His separate ways, and they're just kind of talking as he's walking off to this. And it's like, there he goes, walking in a straight line. There's a rock right in front of him. Is he gonna go around it? Nope, right over the top. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it was I, pretty uncanny. <laughs> I loved it. I just, it was just so silly. Um, Heather Dither sick is. Was oh, the, <laughs> it was a portal gun. That it was, was literally just portal was, gun. Yeah, uh, we, we skipped over. We skipped over your favorite scene, though. Your favorite. <laughs> I love that. I, I I don't remember the specifics. Let me pull. I can pull it up. Uh, it I said it to you. I just, said it just, to you as it happened. It was just just because your sentence is symmetrical doesn't make it not nonsense. Yeah, I. <laughs> he's. I love how like nonplussed Edgen is to have to deal with this guy. <laughs> so the funny thing was, you sent me the text, and I knew it was from the movie, and I remember Chris Pine said it, but I couldn't remember what prompted it. So I like searched the line to find out what he said to yeah. him. It was like, you may be done with your oath, but it may be that your oath isn't done with you. Yes. And that's why I texted you back because it was exactly the same idiotic cadence that like all like the self-referential like bullshit that the Sphinx said mm-hmm. in Mystery Men, you know, if you don't learn to master your rage, your rage will become your master. Yeah. <laughs> that's what you're going to say, wasn't it? Not necessarily. <laughs> it's the same. It's exactly uh, the same thing. And I wish, like, as great as that retort is from from uh, Ben Stiller, I almost wish he had said the thing that Chris Pine said. It would have been the perfect response. Yeah, that is uh, that is so good. But um, oh man, it was such a bummer the way that uh, Forge was manipulating um, Kira. Yeah, it's disgusting. And like, it was uh, obviously why he, you know, why it's fun to watch because he likes playing that character. But it was just like it was making me so angry that she was this information was being withheld from her, and I was like, no, he left. I gave him the thing, and he left, and it's like, no, she's gonna believe this. <laughs> so yeah, it was, it's a little sad that she's like eating it up like hook, line, and sinker. But yeah. on the other hand, it's like it makes sense. Yeah, when you consider the context, like you could totally understand why she'd be taken in by that. Yeah. I do when they had that realization um that the that Forge actually like was trapping them, I was like I was like, oh, it's just like so mad at him and the red witch and the uh, red wizard. I was just like, you bastards. Well the one thing I will say it was like kind of really the only sticking point in the movie for me was just why they were so determined to betray them. Like initially. Like when we get the flashback of like the crime gone wrong, why they betrayed them at all? Hmm. The explanation was a bit clunky. Like, yeah, was, I actually don't. I don't remember what the what the point. Because remember, like when when 
when they track down Forge, they they expect to find an ally the first time. Yeah. And he kind of plays the part for a while. Like he bristles a little bit, but he's like, oh yeah, no, it's good to see my friends. And like, hey, listen, you know, I'll see what I can do, but I'm not going to promise anything. And then Kira comes out and it's like, okay, yeah, like this is a little awkward, but like it's nice and all. And then he immediately turns on them, shows them the wanted poster, like turns Kira against him. And it's like, okay, like you could understand if it was just, because he wants to preserve himself. Like he's not going to like stick his neck out for them. Fine. But then like when they take him to task, he's like, Oh yeah, no, like that time bubble thing was supposed to capture all of you guys. And we're just going to get away. It's like, was it just to steal all the loot? Because the score was going to be so big that they were all going to be crazy rich after that. If they just stuck to the plan. Like that bit yeah. of it just didn't make sense to me. It's, it's not the end of the world. And the whole no, rest of the you're, movie is- you're, you're right. I do wonder was it more about like it needed to be that much more wealth for him to pull off becoming this lord? Maybe, but like, because even the whole thing was like they were going after that specific artifact. They were trying to take the whole thing down, but like they were going after that specific artifact to try and resurrect his wife, right? Mm-hmm. And if like the whole plot point ended up being that he wanted to use it for himself, but like it just sat in a vault for however many years. Right. So like I would have bought it if that was the case. Like he wanted it for himself for whatever reason, even if he didn't use it yet, but like he didn't even want to use it. It's just like coincidentally, he just had it like down there amongst the other trinkets. Yeah. It didn't like the take was so big that the betrayal was unnecessary. Weird. That was weird. I, I remember watching it. I was like, but that, it doesn't really make sense. Like I get the whole thing is like that he's a, like a fundamentally untrustworthy person, but he worked with them for so long that like the how and why the betrayal, like it wasn't like someone had dirt on him right. or like the secret score that he was working towards all along was the one that they got to. Like, yeah. like those are some of the other tropes you see in those sorts of movies. And they didn't, it's really the only broken note in a movie. That's like not that deep. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not the end of the world. Like, I still really enjoy the movie. It's just like, I remember, like, watching him be like, it just doesn't, like, you could have yeah. did something that, like, wouldn't have been great, but it would have, like, just, like, logic. I have happens. to rewatch it now with that, with thinking about that. I do wonder, like, did, did they just kind of, like, passively make a make a comment about the amount of wealth required? Because I feel like I vaguely remember something like, along the lines of how much money he needed to pull off what he was doing, but um, maybe that's all it was. I don't know. But, yeah, that's fair. Um, the characters that we didn't really touch on too much yet were Dork and Simon. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dork's character is pretty cool. Like all the power, like to ch- change into like all the different things. I liked um, when uh, Holga was like, "Oh, what was it?" Edgar was like, "Oh, a bit of a bit of a rebel that one." And Holga's like, "That's not her." And it's like, <laughs> and it's like waiting, and like the horse transforms. Yeah, and I think Simon's with them at this point, right? He led them. Yeah, too, oh yeah, because yeah. he led them, and he goes. <laughs> What's he? He's like, she's like, what is what is that animal again? Owlbear. He's like, what is that animal again? And then think Simon immediately immediately answers Owlbear. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> was like, it was such a ridiculous character. It was also the Hulk at the end when it was slamming yeah basically. the Red Wizard into the ground over and over again. <laughs> it's funny when I was watching the movie, I was like, wow, the two young younger ones look so familiar to me. Did not. I was like, I mean, it's it's so obviously her. Like, she still has the same color hair and everything from the It movies. Yeah. But just having slightly longer hair, being slightly older, and having elf ears made me, like, totally... Like, I have no... I cannot 
I cannot know who this is. Yeah, it was no basically way, no way to find out. It was like she was wearing like a phony baloney mustache, like as a, like a disguise. Like, I absolutely perfect. had the exact same experience. It's like fine, I'll look it up, and I went, oh, duh. Yeah, and that was exactly how I. And <laughs> same thing with um with Simon as well, where I was like, I know him. I've seen him in things. Like I know I know him. I could not answer for the rest of my life, like like what it was that he was in. And then I looked it up. I was like, oh duh, he was in fucking Jurassic. World and Detective Pikachu, like we, we like I th- those movies came out like two years ago. Like what the fuck? Yeah. man, I forgot about Detective Pikachu. That was a good movie. That was fun. Yeah, it was also fun. Uh, but yeah, no, the, the four of them together it was it was it was kind of nice having a little bit Our older contingent, band. a little younger contingent. You know, like each of them had their own little interplay with each other. Um, you know, who trusts each other, who gravitates towards each other, who snipes at each other. I, I don't know. Yep. It was just classic. Some classic banter stuff amongst all. Yeah, yeah, I, I enjoyed that when they got um, uh, when they have to go through the whole maze sequence. That was like a really fun video gamey, like obviously very D and D thing. Like that was cool. Like trying to get through the maze and then like trying to beat the system. Wait, what if instead of doing this, we try this? And then and they roll the dice, and they, they they score enough to make it work. It did a better job of the maze sequence from Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire than the movie did of its adaptation of the book, because it was supposed to be a lot closer to this than what mm. we ended up getting in that movie. It was always one of the things that frustrated me, because it was kind of one of my favorite sequences in that book. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was cool. Like, all the different creatures and the treasure chests and all the different like kind of perks and weapons that were hidden in them, including the yeah. fake chest that was there as a booby trap. Yes. So cool. And, and the way they got out of it. I really liked that. I thought that was pretty cool. Like, like we're going to dive into this acid, like, trust me, like I've got a plan. Um, and then like to, to find themselves underneath it and being able to escape. I, it, you know, what was really awesome was the 10 minute heist sequence we got with the hither dither stick and the portrait that they tried to put in. And then just for it to be landing face down when it got into the vault, I was like, no. And I was like, back to plan. I'm feeling really good about plan C. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. That was, that was, that got me. And then that was a pretty cool twist slash reveal. Like when they, uh, Simon gets them into the vault and there's nothing in there. And then you're like, wait, but, Dorks in the vault and everything is there. Oh, it's not the same place. <laughs> like that was great. There was a, a series of beats and switches in this. <laughs> yeah. I liked the I liked Dork uh, not Dork. When Simon had to when he put the helmet on and he was like and time was standing still and he had to kind of like battle himself to attune to the helmet. Slash his grandfather. That yeah, that was really cool. And I also liked <laughs> what happened? I was talking to my grandfather that it's like Oh, really? Because, like, from our perspective, you put the helmet on and it flew right off. <laughs> that was that got me. Also, uh, their whole plan was basically just the the dodgeball solution. You gotta get angry. Yeah. You gotta get mean. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, very very silly. Uh, the finale fight sequence was actually before before even that. Like, again, using the hither dither stick to to take all of the treasure from the boat and spew it out of the hot, hot air, air balloon, balloon out of his mouth. Yes. Was really great. Perfect. Um, the, 
final battle with the red wizard was really cool. Yeah. And then like the concept, the call, you know, um, Chekhov's magical gauntlet suppression device. Magic, of, magic hand, uh, hand yeah, sl- slipping that onto, uh, using the amulet to be invisible, like the daughter using the amulet being invisible and then like putting that on, like just to make it all work out and like, no, nope, like uh, time's not frozen. Yeah, that spell didn't work. I countered it. Like I was like the, the way that they all like played it and delivered yeah. that. I thought that was so cool, and it was obviously very telegraphed. Okay, well, like we see Michelle Rodriguez's character laying on the floor, and you're like, okay, I see where this is going. Right, yeah. they're going to use the stone to revive her. Like it makes sense, especially after what um uh, he was told about. Like you know, she's been in this other plane of existence for a long period of time. Do you really want to bring her back? Um, well, I think, and that that was good from a logistical standpoint, but from the more real and, and like emotional writing standpoint, it's is Chris Pine trying to save her mother or his wife? Because, like, yeah, technically that person was both those things, but mm-hmm. it's not it's no failing of hers. But she didn't get to be her mother. She, yeah, like she has no memory of it. Her mother is Michelle Rodriguez. That's the person yeah. who raised her. Functionally, mm-hmm. like that's the only person she has any record. Well, that's he, uh, Chris Pine even says that in that one scene. He's like, I, I, I did lie to you, I didn't go to save your mother, like, yeah, I went to save my wife. And I was like, that was that was actually a really that was a that line is too deep for this movie, yeah, but really, really well done. Um, but that was cool when they brought her, you wasted it on me, like, the, like she was like, so like, you fools, cool. <laughs> yeah, okay. I it took me like. I couldn't, my brain wouldn't allow me to believe that it was him. And I like, it's, it's not Bradley Cooper. I, right. I absolutely like it. No, it's not him. It's not him. I, I was watching the scene. I was like, that looks like Bradley Cooper. But it's it kind of sounds like Bradley Cooper, but it's not him. Yeah. One, because I can't believe it. And two, why would he do this? Right. <laughs> and then like the, like the movie's over and you look it up. It's like, it's Bradley Cooper. It's like, no, yeah. I don't, I don't no, believe. No, it. it's not. No, you guys got that one wrong. It's not him. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, but like glad, her, glad her, we have the her same having experience. a type. Her having that, a type. Oh my god, that was really funny. The like, the little like kind of head nod she gives yes. to the, 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 the next one that she meets. Oh my god, that was too funny. Uh, I loved. It. I really, I really enjoyed it. It was a, it was just a really fun, entertaining watch. And the final scene being Hugh Grant trying the same plan to escape the same prison by grabbing. Oh my god, grabs Jonathan. him and jumps into the wall. And it's just a fake mirror, or it's a fake window that's a tapestry. <laughs> I just like that as he was doing it, the rest of the council members were so irritated. They like, were not like, not again. Nothing. <laughs> Poor guy. That's great. That was great. Oh, man. Good times. Do you have anything else for this one? I don't think so. I mean, the only real thing was just... Like I, I've said in the past, like I played a very little bit of of D anD D. Like I don't know a ton. I know enough just to kind of have like the the most baseline thing. But I did think it was kind of cool that they tried to really incorporate the fact that there's all these different like classes of characters. Like we saw paladins, we saw red wizards, we saw bards, we saw warriors, we saw druids. Like it's it's kind of cool that they like found a way to incorporate a whole lot of all that, and then um. Even the idea of like the different types of wizards, where um, Simon, like his whole battle with like him using the magic, I thought was was pretty cool. Mm. Like, you know, he's really good at being a scam artist, but he's terrible at being a wizard early on. And like, there's always like the flicker that 
maybe there's something more in there. And the fact that the trigger is just like he needs the threat of imminent death to be any good at magic before he learns how to harness it for himself. Right. I thought it was a good character arc. Yeah, I agree. It was fun. Good stuff. Well, that's all for this week's episode of Flicks in the Six. We hope you enjoyed it. As always, if you have a movie for us to review or nuggets for us to discuss, you can send those requests to flicksinasix at thespintune.com. Tune in next week for more movie and beer goodness. Until then, I'm Anthony Costanzo. I'm Albie Olsey. Thanks for coming out.